It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. What can they do? This is a shot of all. Good morning. Oh, welcome. You made it. Vegan ears and welcome to the vegan pre-shift. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of November, 2023. I'm coming at you from Los Angeles, California with Faye, the shelter dog, who now is a person dog who lives in an apartment. So uh, she's a former shelter dog with an inside out ear and she's going to be sitting on my lap during this broadcast because she has separation anxiety. Anyway, welcome. It's good to see you. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing excellently because I have a day off of work. So usually I do the pre-shift and then I, I take a little nap and I go in and I do I, I do a job and I, I go and I work and I and I have today off and I'm so excited because I also have tomorrow off and uh, I'm really excited for Thanksgiving. You know, we can talk about the historical injustices that have taken place to make this holiday happen. And I love addressing those concerns. Um, but for me, it's just a day to get together with some friends and be grateful for stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to keep it cool and talk about it in that context as we talk about Thanksgiving going forward. Just so you all know. Let's see who's here. We got some comments. Uh, Carrie is not here. Hi, or I'm not going to say hi to you because you're not here. Good morning, Pig's Dream. Jason, hello. Vegan Knave is here. Uh, anyone else doing food prep today? I love food prep. This is a channel for vegans. Hey, Josh. Hello, Jones. Mark. Everybody who's here, certainly welcome. Uh, today, we are going to be having Monica from uh, Feather Phase Out joining us. And we're going to be talking a little bit about some updates on uh, what's going on in our whole pressure campaign. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. She's vegan pole dancer and Feather Phase Out on Instagram. Go check her out. She does some really awesome work and she is a thought leader and a uh, movement leader in, in our movement. So that's a really exciting thing. You know, uh, when I first started watching vegan show, uh, vegans. It's funny. I just called, I wanted to say Sky's show, but I said vegans show. So Sky, congratulations. You have become so synonymous with the word vegan in my mind that these two words are interchangeable, but I actually met Sky just a little over a year ago. And uh, when I first started watching his show, I was, I was just so inspired and excited to, to see someone who, who's talking about all these issues. And anyway, uh, I've got some stuff to talk about today. I had a really interesting, uh, Catharsis, cathartic moment. I wanted to say catharsis. Anyway, I had a moment last night where it was an aha moment, and uh, an aha moment is is one of those things where you sort of just feel differently about a, a big topic based on just a little thing. And sometimes it's we talk in in, in veganism about planting seeds, uh, and and essentially what that means is you are putting an idea somewhere in someone's head. And maybe it's not going to sprout at that moment, but when, when the right moment comes, the seed will be there and it will sprout. And the idea that I had last night is, okay, so I'm on Instagram 
I'm scrolling through my feed and I see a post of a friend of mine. And, and this post comes from a friend who's, she's, you know, I, I live in LA. I'm, I'm adjacent to the entertainment industry here. And this friend is uh, an actress and she has some success, you know, so she's got a lot of people who follow her and who, you know, all this stuff. And I'm looking at her, at her, at her post there. And it's one of those slides and it's like, you know, sunsets and we have some fun times and things like that. And then suddenly it's like, oh, and there's, a, a coffee with real milk in it and with a croissant that I, and I know this person's not vegan. So I'm like, and I'm sure you've all had a similar moment where it's like, wow, I really, there are these people who you like, you think they're like cool or like, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a glimpse into how my brain works. Right. And maybe it's like thinking back, like I'm in high school or something, but it's like, some people are like cool people and you're like, wow, I want to be like them. They're kind of a, a cool person. Like, and for me, this person who's a TV actor, actress, uh, you know, she, she has like, what seems like a, a fun life, a good relationship. She's got pets. She's, she's just like a fun person who you want to be friends with. Right. But then then I see this milk thing and I see this, this croissant thing. And then I see all the other people who, who are liking this. And then I remember that this, this whole community of actors, they've kind of kept me at a bit of an arm's length and pushed me a bit away because I am a person who's vocal about this specific topic about being a vegan person. Right. And, and that's fine, whatever. I don't care. Like that's maybe I do care a little bit, but I, it's not something I'm losing much sleep over. I think, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I think is right. And that's the most important. But what I realized was it's not, I, I don't care about this person. And it actually, just because they're using milk, it makes them like super uncool. And, and not to say like, oh, um, they're, they're worthy of any pain or anything. I, I'm not trying to wish harm upon anybody, but I'm like, they, they went from being this sort of cool person in my mind to someone who's just like, oh, wow, that's actually really like very uncool. And it, it, it reminds me that like, there's so many people in our world who are just living in this sort of dreamland. Like, sure, you have a fun life. You have, you're on a TV show. But also, are, are you even thinking about the impact of what you're doing? And um, I talked to Fanny about it. And she was like, well, maybe it's just, you know, they just don't think about it in the same way you do. Maybe they're just not aware. And I'm like, well, this is the same community. This person's in the same community that has kept me at an arm's length because I'm the one who's talking out about this stuff. And um and I was like, well, what do they think? They think I'm just crazy? And Fanny was like, yeah, they, they think you're, you're crazy. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. If I was the only vegan person in the world and I'm just like making up this thing and, and it's a, a very new thing, you could, it, it would be okay to point at Jess and say, well, Jess is crazy. Uh, what's that vegan thing about? But I'm not the only vegan. Look at, look at y'all here with me this morning. There's millions of us all around the world and we're growing. It's a growing movement that has logical underpinning. It's, and it's a consistent thing. And uh, you know what? I don't, I don't really buy it that they don't understand this, this issue. What, what it is, is it's, it's a form of willful ignorance and uh, it's a form of disrespect, you know, because as, as a vegan person, I'm also a person first and uh, I, I'm a good friend I'm an attentive listener. I show up on time to work. I, I help people. I hold doors open for people. I bring donuts. I, I, I am a, I'm a good friend, right? I, I'll show up. I'm the one who shows up for like, I'm not gay, but I've shown up for my gay friends at, at rights marches. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I'll be the first one standing next to you for your human rights issue. 
and I, I trans rights. I will go to the mat. I have, I have, I have friendships. You know how friendships sometimes get ruined because of vegan stuff that's happened with me over gay rights. You know, I had a friend who I worked with for years who suddenly started being against gay marriage when that whole thing was going on. And I called him out and I, I, I it was a thing. He started to talk about it at work. And so I actually even went to the management and I was like, Hey, this is not cool that he's talking about this at work. Um, I, I, I'm an anti-discriminatory person and he's creating a, an uncomfortable environment and it was a whole thing. And he eventually came to me, he apologized, blah, blah, blah. But he only did that because he was afraid of what would happen with his job. And then about a few months later, when that job ended, he was right back at what he was doing before. And I called him out and, and that was the end of our friendship. And by called him out, what did I do? I went on his Instagram post and I, or his uh, Facebook page. And I wrote, you know, congratulations when gay marriage passed. Uh, because that was when the Supreme Court passed that, and we're still, we're still, we're still doing this stuff. But but I I will be the first one to show up for you. But then when I see you out there doing your life, not even caring about these non-human animals, and, and beyond that, not caring about me, who's the person in your life who shows up for stuff, it, it's a little bit, uh, you know, like yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy it. You're willfully ignorant. You're going along with what's easy rather than what's right. And uh, that's a big part of what's what's wrong with our world. We need more brave people. And that's why I'm excited to talk to Monica today. Monica is a very brave person. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about bravery and what that means. Now, I had, a, I had a thought. And listen, here's the cool thing about being a part of the vegan movement is a lot of these ideas and thoughts that we're working on right now, it's like this is the new stuff. This is the, this is the good stuff. This is the, a lot of the ideas in the world that people are like throwing around. Um, it, listen, I'm not trying to compare anything, but in terms of like evolution of thought and evolution of ideas, I think a lot of this stuff that vegans are talking about is sort of on the forefront. Uh, this is live. So alpha sophist, you are uh, currently, there we go. It is live. Um, but anyway, Historically, animals have been, uh, or humans have been comparing other humans and groups of humans to animals to justify uh, abuses against those humans. So like if you want to, uh, like, for example, if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to take someone away from their home and make them work for me, I, I'd say uh, this has happened in the past. We've been a, Certain humans have pointed at other groups of humans and said, they're not human. Those are animals. And so because of that, we can do what we want with them. And we hear that in the discourse around what's happening in the Middle East. Both sides, uh, there's certain people on both sides that are like, they're animals. No, they're animals. And, and as if that justifies any sort of abuse that's going to be happening against these groups. And, and it's, it's a really important and interesting thing to think about. And I had this idea, and maybe I'm not the first person to have this idea, but when we when we start respecting animals more, when we elevate the status of animals to include them in our moral sphere, then we're, we're taking away that power from people who would want to do abuse to other humans. So like, for example, you can't say to a vegan, oh, we can abuse that human because they're just an animal because the vegan will say, well, you know what? It, we shouldn't be abusing the animals either. And once as a society, we can really respect that. I think it's going to make a big difference. And so I, I formulated this idea a little bit with uh, ChatGPT this morning, which is a wonderful use of this tool. By the way, I heard a new term this morning. Someone was saying that there's 
a category of person called GPT authors. Uh, and and I'm, I'm realizing that like maybe a lot of the work I've been doing falls under that. And it's interesting. I want to research more about what that means because when you're working with GPT, it is formulating the uh, the sentences, but in a, in a real sense, you're formulating the ideas. And so I think it's possible to, to be a GPT author. Anyway, a lot of drama with GPT this week, but let's get into what GPT says about this. And it's going to, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of it, but it says the historical misuse of animal comparisons to justify harm against certain groups of humans is indeed a significant and troubling aspect of oppression. By elevating the level of respect for non-human animals, we can contribute to a more compassionate and equitable world for humans as well. Here's how. And, you know, here's the deal. Vegan, it's not about being human, but there will be no liberation unless it's a collective liberation. And that's something that a lot of vegan people are um, resistant to. But the idea that that we can have rights for animals, non-human animals, while, while humans are still not having their rights respected, it doesn't work. We, veganism is underpinned by these ideas of justice, of, of compassion and empathy. And, and, and it weakens the vegan movement if we don't also extend ideas to humans. So anyway, that is something that we need to be aware of. I see Monica backstage. We're going to bring Monica on in, in a little while, but we're still, I still want to talk a little bit about what's going on here. Uh, so number one, when ch challenging a hierarchical thinking, which is, um, so by elevating respect for animals, we challenge the hierarchical, hierarchical thinking that places certain beings as inherently more valuable or deserving of ethical consideration than others. This challenges the mindset that underpins both the mistreatment of animals and the dehumanization of certain groups of people. Also, number two, it promotes empathy and compassion. When we learn to empathize with animals who are different from us but capable of suffering, um, that can enhance our capacity for empathy more broadly. Uh, number three, inter uh, intersectional oppression. So it helps address that by recognizing the inherent value of all life. And that can lead to a better understanding of how various forms of oppression, like racism, sexism, speciesism, they're interconnected. Um, so this awareness can help in collectively addressing these issues more effectively. Uh, number four, modeling nonviolence. A societal shift sword towards respecting animals often involves embracing nonviolence and kindness towards all sentient beings. And this is something that I'm sure we've all thought about as vegans. Like, nonviolence is so important to us. Like, and so when we see something like like a war or a conflict and and certain people are saying, well, this is this justifies us sending a bomb. It's like, well, no, we don't we don't do violence in the first place. And when so many people in our society so casually participate in this barbarism, this, this awful system of violence, that it makes it easier to, to justify violence against others. Um, okay, Gorik, I get the idea, but I'm not mixing veganism and human rights anytime soon. So Gorik, I, I would ask you, do you... Uh, as a as an animal rights activist, do you also? I mean, listen, you obviously do. You obviously do also care about other human rights issues. So, like, I'm not saying we need to like put those at the top of what we're doing because it is important that we are the we're the ones showing up for the animals. But at the same time, we have to just like we want 
these other social movements, just like we want the environmental movement, just like we want the uh, racial equity movement, just like we want all of these movements to also respect veganism and understand how veganism goes in line with what they're doing. We want to be open to them. If that makes sense, you know, we're, I, I don't think it makes sense to be a vegan person who also is not an environmentalist or who also is not a justice minded person for humans. Um, I, I'm not saying we need to be the, you know, the, at the forefront of that, but, but maybe we do, maybe we need a collective liberationist uh, person or group or, or mindset that is going to really push us forward because when we, when we only focus on one of these issues, what we're really doing is just cutting off the uh, the capacity. Like when we're consistent, it's easier to to it's a stronger foundation to stand on. When we when we don't have these human rights concerns uh, at all, and when we don't support these these other movements, then we're weaker. You know, we're stronger together. And I, I, I anyway anyway. Um, Sky says, I don't think you have to try for intersectionality. It just kind of accidentally happens. I sort of agree with that too. If you are uh, the, the logical underpinnings that underpin veganism also underpin all these other things too. Uh, let's see. Alpha Sophist, the more inequality in modern world actually lowers total fertility rates. Look at South Korea and Japan. Inequality is good, so people can't breed. Okay, we have an antinatalist perspective in here. Anthony, good morning. Gorik agreed. Great. All right, I'm going to keep reading this. So we model nonviolence. Number five, encouraging inclusivity in advocacy, which is kind of what I was just talking about. But integrating animal rights into broader social justice movements can help ensure that advocacy for change is inclusive and respects the dignity of all, all beings both human and non-human. And I think it's important as a, as a vegan person to, to acknowledge and understand that like, if we're an animal rights movement, humans are also animals, you know? So we want to, we can't forget that. That's a, that's an important part of it. Um, I, I think we could actually encompass uh, it, just by saying it's a rights movement for anybody who is uh, having a subjective experience, a sentient being. Okay, the problem with human rights stuff is that it becomes political and veganism doesn't beg to be political. See, that's the thing. Uh, that's an interesting word, political. Like, what is, for me, what does that even mean? Uh, political can mean different things in different contexts. Um, and I think veganism is a political idea uh, in some sense. I would love to talk to you about this on the, on the air, Sky. But yeah, you know what? It's, Man, it's, all these issues are so complicated. But at the end of the day, let's remember that we here, sitting here, watching this show, being here together, our BFFs, I think we all have the same goal. And, and it's not – we want a better world for everyone. And um, and we all, we might disagree on how to get there. But I think at the end of the day, we we do have similar, very, very similar goals. Um, you know, the antinatalist thing is very interesting because, like, yeah, humans have done a lot of harm uh, and and – one of the worst things that you can do for the environment and for the planet is to have a kid, you know, because, because of the, the impact that humans have, especially here in the Western world. So it's, man, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. You know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't have a child, but I don't super judge people who do. Um, anyway, I think that, man, okay. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, about something called triggering. And as a vegan person, I'm sure you know what that feels like to be triggered. Uh, and uh, it doesn't make you a snowflake. It doesn't make you a weak person. It's a totally normal thing to feel triggered by things. What it means is you have a heart. What it means is you're a sensitive person. What it means is that you care. And um, what does that even mean to be triggered? So when you're triggered, you see something that um, that 
elicits a response in you, you know, so, so for me, maybe for example, I'll be on Instagram and I will see a photo of someone eating a bacon sandwich or like I talked about earlier, my friend, and it can be triggering. And what it does is it brings up emotions and these thoughts and these feelings of um, these negative, these negative feelings, which we don't, we don't necessarily want all the time. I think it's important to, like I talked about this yesterday on the show, we want to be in control of when we're going to be exposing ourselves to potentially triggering things. So um, one aspect of that is maybe you're going to hide some, uh, you're already a vegan person. Maybe you're going to hide some of those animal abuse videos uh, from your feed on Instagram. And that doesn't mean you don't support it. That doesn't mean you're not, you know, wanting that to end. But if it's personally triggering for you, if you're going to see that in the morning and then that's going to color your uh, your perspective for the next few hours, maybe that's not the most healthy thing for you to do. And for me, because I've got this pressure campaign going on against Sesame Street and Henson, which if you don't know about me, I'm a professional puppeteer who's worked for, I've worked with Sesame Workshop, I've worked for the Jim Henson Company, and I left the Jim Henson Company in protest a few years ago over their use of real feathers to decorate puppets. And uh, so I've been having this online campaign for a while. And as a result of that, I go onto Instagram and th the majority of my suggested posts are things from Sesame Street, are things from the Muppets, uh, things from other, you know, puppet related things. And it's triggering for me because I see these feathers decorating these puppets uh, almost every single day. And and part of me understands that social media is like a wonderful tool that we can use to, to change the world. And then the other part of me is triggered by this thing and it, and it messes up my day and, and gets me angry. And, and so what what I figured out, and I can't believe it took me so long, but I just started hiding these posts about Sesame Street. I just started saying, hey, Instagram, I'm not interested in that because there's an option where you can do that. You can click on the little dots and say, you're not interested. And so I'm going to start curating my uh, my experience in these social media platforms much more carefully. Like I want to see the cute dog videos. I want to see the compassionate stuff. Uh, and I think I'm going to start doing that. For a while, I was avoiding doing that because I was like, well, I want to see what's going on so I can do effective pressure campaigns. But I think I can still do that, but I'm going to choose when I go there. So I'm, I'm not just going to be triggered. Um, and speaking of triggering, there's something that is going, I know is going to be triggering for me tomorrow. And it's the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. Uh, because a big part of this parade is, uh, you know, it's in New York city and a New York city institution is Sesame street. So whenever New York city does a big thing, like a parade, you know, the Sesame Street's going to be there and they are going to be there tomorrow. Um, and they're going to have a big float and they're going to be going all throughout the city, and there's going to be feathers on those puppets. Um, last year, it was the the Fraggles were there too, with ostrich feathers all over their heads. And that I know is going to be triggering for me. Uh, maybe it'll be triggering for for you all too. But but just thinking about it now, today, and knowing that I'm going to see that tomorrow, I think is going to help a little bit. Last year, I got surprised. Um, anyway. It, someone's saying at Josh is saying ad blockers have helped you tremendously online with your experience because yeah, oftentimes those triggering things are going to be ads. You're going to see an ad for a cheeseburger and it's just going to be like, Oh geez, this is the world I live in, man. Uh, this kid at work the other day gave me like a little, um, gummy cheeseburger and, uh, obviously it had gelatin in it and I didn't have the heart to, you know, and also I'm not gonna, I can't do that at work where I work right now. I have to, I think sometimes we have to pick and choose uh, when and where we are able to be very transparent about our advocacy. And sometimes you just can't. 
sometimes you just can't say something, you know, and maybe that's me. Maybe I'm just in a position where I can't do that right now. But, um, but yeah, she gave, she gave me this little gummy cheeseburger and I was like, Oh, great. And then later on, I, you know, I got rid of it. But anyway, it's, it's kind of tough, uh, living, being a vegan in a non-vegan world. Vistopia is something we talk a lot about. Now we are going to bring Monica K on in just a couple minutes. Uh, but before that, I would like to do the word of the day. And, uh, let me see, I'm going to, present we're gonna share a slide here oh no no not slide y'all thank you for being patient with me i'm sharing my screen now okay here we go here we go our word of the day is liberation liberation is the act of setting someone free from imprisonment slavery or oppression release the liberation of all political prisoners Freedom from limits on thought or behavior, the struggle for women's liberation. So the idea is it's like it's a freedom thing. Um, and, and I think that liberation is what underpins our vegan movement in a big way. We want to make sure that these animals are going to be liberated and free. And that doesn't what does that even mean? Like, are we releasing millions of cows into the field? No, that's not what we're doing. Um, but liberation is an important thing to talk about. And like I said earlier, I believe strongly there will be no liberation unless it is collective. As long as we have humans uh, hurting other humans and uh, trying to control other humans, we're not going to be able to have animals being liberated. Anyway, liberation is the word of the day. I want you to, to think about that word. I'm sure that you already have a lot. Um, let me see. Carb rock. I think your point is critical that veganism should be a part of a broader, broader liberty movement. We demand liberty for non-human animals. However, we ourselves are not free from the coercion of others. There's that. Exactly. And also the personal liberation about what I talked about earlier in just it's liberating to to look at those cool people in your life, the cool kids. And when you realize that the cool kids aren't really that cool because they're still abusing animals in a willfully ignorant way, that's a liberating thing. That's freeing. That's being like, oh, my gosh, I I really don't care what they think of me. And it brings me back to one of my favorite quotes that I read this week from uh, Rick and Morty. But uh, your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what you cheer for. Carnists. Your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what you cheer for. I know you don't like me being vegan. I know you don't like me being an activist, but your booze mean nothing to me because you cheer for animal abuse. You cheer for all these harmful things. Um, okay, we are going to bring Monica K on a couple minutes early. So folks, I would like you to welcome uh, Monica K to our show. Oh, wait. Oh. There you are. Good morning. Good morning, Monica. How are you today? Um, I just woke up. <laughs> okay, me too. We both, we got our wake up hoodies. Yeah, um, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's really good to see you too. Thank you for coming on and joining us this week. I was I was hosting this show and you were one of the first people I wanted to ask to come and join us because I'm inspired by you, Monica. Uh, the work that you're doing in the burlesque industry and with Feather Phase Out is, you know, uh, I, I was working on my feather, feather campaign and you contacted me and that's how we met because you were like, you're, you're doing a feather thing and I, I want to do a feather thing too. And, and for me, I, I think that I, I can't even express to you how much it's, it's helped me 
having you out there doing this work. You're um, making me cry. Am I? It's inspiring. Tears of joy. I have so much love and respect for you, Jess. Thank you. It goes both ways. And it's not easy, as you know, being being out here, being kind of the tip of the spear, I say. You know, and what that means is like, I, I talked to Sky about this yesterday. When I originally started my Feather campaign, what I really wanted was because I wasn't involved in the vegan movement, really. I was just a vegan person who I sometimes even did solo actions and stuff like that. But I, I didn't know all these communities. I wasn't trying to make vegan friends or anything like that. And I realized that I wasn't getting anywhere in my in my campaign because the the puppeteers didn't care and they weren't going to help me. They were like two that were like sort of behind the scenes agreeing with me. Right. And I realized, and someone told me, they were like, you can't expect the puppet community to support you. You need to get the vegans to support you. And I said, ah, so, and this is a guilty confession of mine. What I really wanted to do was get the vegan community to care about this. So I could like step aside and be like, okay, it's not my thing. I can rest now. You yeah. know what I mean? I didn't want to be an activist. I just want to be a puppeteer. And, um, but what I realized is nobody else is going to care about this as much as I do this specific issue. And I, I'm writing a book right now. And the title of it is it's called fuck you for making me be vegan because oh, wow. I, I don't want to be vegan. I want to live in a world where that's not even a distinction, where everybody's vegan. That's the idea. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't, I don't want to be the one who's having to be out there being like, everybody change. This is awful. I just want to live in a world that's already okay. So kind yeah. of like, fuck you all for making me be vegan. But anyway, Monica, I wanted to tell you that I see that you're the tip of the spear in the burlesque movement as far as this goes. And you are incredibly effective in the work that you do you do it in a different way um can because i'm i'm kind of aggressive and but can you tell us about feather phase out a little bit and and about some of the like uh the ideas that underpin the work that you do um in regards to um act like online activism yeah yeah so, so, check, so check this out and you probably already know this but the accounts I love all vegans. I'll just preface this. I love all vegans. All activism is effective. It doesn't matter if it's aggressive, if it's quiet, if it's emails, if it's just wearing a t-shirt or supporting vegan, you know, buying vegan food. Vegan, that's all good. If you have a social media account that shows slaughterhouse footage, blood, you know, just I mean, we'll just call that blanket statement negative imagery, right? Who's going to be your following? It's not going to be the neighbor across the street who has three kids. It's not going to be the sweet little old church lady down. You know, it's you're attracting other vegans that understand all this stuff. They already have seen the images. You're just kind of regurgitating stuff that they already know. And so that's going to be your following. It's going to be people who are like, yeah, that is awful. You know, and then, you know, we're vegan and that's what we're doing about it. If you want to attract the non-vegans, you kind of have to show them fun stuff, butts, <laughs> you know, sexy things, um, pretty things, cute things, um, uplifting news, right? Like, okay, you know, this is happening in a slaughterhouse and it really sucks, but what would be something that you could say that's positive? Um, like, okay, well, this farm got shut down or this, you know, like kind of try to lean away from the negative imagery and things. Anyway, so that's kind of what I'm going for in Feather Phase Out's 
content is I'm trying to make it attractive to other dancers. Dancers are dancers because they like beauty and dancers are, okay, so that's one thing. They like beauty. Another thing about a burlesque is burlesque's roots are in parody and mocking the government. And, you know, like there's a history behind burlesque. It's not just beautiful women showing off beautiful things. They usually, the best ones, are trying to teach us something or they're trying to make us feel something, feel angry, angst. Um, let's change the world, right? So that's the roots of burlesque. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm going for with burlesque is, hey, we as burlesque artists, as women, as consumers, we have power. And then also here's some pretty shiny stuff, right? Here's some rhinestones. So that's kind of what I'm going for. And then, you know, when the grid gets very full of beauty, then I, I share some hard truths. And, uh, you know, like the tip of the spear, I always think of me as I'm the messenger. Like I've got a shitty message. Yeah. And, you know, and then when sometimes people, when they see, hear or see that message, they get a little defensive. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm the bad guy. We're the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But we're not. <laughs> no. And I had a I had a fun exchange this week on Reddit. And um, it was it was on a post where people were talking about the, the what happened was there was a woman who uh, had a dog. Right. And she was going off to Europe for a few months. So she left the dog with her parents and um, the parents were empty nesters for the first time. And so what they did, they, they put the dog to sleep. Because they didn't want to take care of anything. And they told their daughter that the dog had been hit by a car. Right. So okay. that's awful. So the daughter what? found out about this. And um, and she cut off contact with her parents and she hasn't spoken to her parents in eight years. Right. Good. So that's the post. And then in the comments underneath the post, of course, there's all sorts of people saying, I can't believe that anybody would ever unnecessarily kill an animal. Um, how could you do that to a poor, innocent animal? Right. Lots of comments like that. So what I left is a comment that said, are you vegan? That's all it said. You vegan? And. I did that on two different people and they both were super defensive right off the bat and said, you know what? I'm not, and I don't even want to talk about it. So get out of here and go on with your life and do something more productive. Right. And what that helped me to realize is like, doesn't matter how nice we are, how just like innocent we say something, yeah. they're going to get defensive and they're like, they're going to want to shoot yeah. the messenger. Like you say, you're the messenger. There's, there's the phrase shoot the messenger for a reason. Like mm -hmm. they get upset with the person. And it again, goes back to the idea fuck you for making me be vegan. You know, yeah. I know how to be the guy who people like, I, I could do that. I could go online and do the milk toast social media thing that lots of people would come and like, but kind of like, I, I, I can't do that. Like I want to do that, but I can't, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I have this story from when, I was like, I think I was maybe two years into veganism. And uh, there was this guy I had a, a crush on, right? Him and his brother, they were like so hot. And uh, we were out having lunch and uh, I just started dating this guy, you know, so like I was kind of on my best vegan behavior. They're not vegan. And, um, but they know I'm vegan. And I think we went to some shitty place like Subway or something, you know, at the time there was a vegan patty at Subway. And uh, I sit down with my tray and they sit by me and uh the guy's brother i didn't do anything he uh sat across from me and he's like oh i see you judging my plate already i didn't even do and i didn't say anything i i think like i just 
you know, if somebody sits in front of you, you kind of look at them. I'm not going to yeah. like do that when he's sitting down, you know, yeah. I didn't do anything and all the, and he, but that's his conscience. Mm -hmm. Like so he knows that he's sitting across from a vegan with a platter of meat. Yeah. I didn't do anything. There's this idea in film, right? Where if you show just like a person's face, just looking at something, and then you show a picture of a cute dog and then back to the person's face, mm. you'll be able to be like, oh, they're looking at the cute dog. They feel, but if you show them looking at like someone who is being injured or they're at a graveyard, right? Mm. So you show their face and then you show a grave and then you cut back to their face and it's the same face. People will put a different emotion on the face based on what they think they're looking at. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's the same thing with us being vegan. Simply by being there yeah. we're just a reflection of how they're feeling so it was his conscience mm. yeah you know that how was that. you know how when you watch a scary movie it's not so scary when you mute it mm -hmm. we're we're the scary music <laughs> scary music yeah 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 like yeah. where we just walk into the room as a vegan smiling it's all all of a sudden slow-mo bum 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 <laughs> yeah uh, there's a common theme on the feather phase out page and it's something that I think is very important and I'd like if you can address it for just a moment and it's the idea of molted feathers because I see you talking yeah. a lot about molted feathers on the page. Can you briefly explain why that's an important concept in this feather phase out movement? I, um, so will there's uh, willful, um, ignorance amongst humans, <laughs> but we'll just say burlesque artists. Um, I think that when they see um, a feathery item, whether it's a headdress, there's costumes, um, there's feathers glued to things, um, and then the fans, right? I think that they um, are so overcome with desire to possess this prop or this item to perform in because it's going to make them beautiful. They're so overcome with the desire to possess this, they don't even want to think about where it came from, right? And they, in their mind, just justify it, the purchase, um, by telling themselves that, oh, for sure, this didn't come from a, a, a bird that suffered. For sure, this was just found, these feathers were all just found on the ground, collected, cleaned up, and glued on, sewed on. Um, it's the same thing. I think when maybe some people who are aware of animal cruelty go to the grocery store and they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to buy those eggs. I'm going to buy these eggs because, you know, these have to be different and better and superior. Grass fed beef has to be better than McDonald's. So that's, you know, that, and I think that's a similar thing just with feathers. And, um, so there's that one part, part two would be, um, some burlesque artists <clears throat> just don't care and they'll just buy the thing and then just say, oh, these were naturally fallen feathers to appease people like me or anybody else who might have um, maybe a curiosity about it. Um, and they're just lying. They're just straight up lying. Or the person that sold them the feathers lying. So that's part three. There are people and, you know, I don't search them out because I kind of heard what you were saying right before I came on onto the screen um, about like, you know, not looking at certain things just to protect yourself. But there are, I don't seek out these people, but there are people that are, that are calling themselves um, ethical feather sellers. They're calling them ethical feathers, right? And I saw one post and um, 
you know, I, I don't want to name the name of the business. It's a small business. It's up in Canada. And, you know, thankfully I have a vegan following and when they see stuff, they send it to me, right? I would never have found this because I would have never gone on this person's page. But she says, um, you know, that she sells ethical, ethical feathers because she drives all around collecting feathers off the ground from farms. And she has contracts with ethical butchers, oh, exotic butchers, exotic butchers, right? So, you mm -hmm. know, she's saying like, I found a bunch of feathers, but I also have a butcher that I work with. You said right? something once, sorry to interrupt, but you said something once that really sticks with me. And it's like, they think that somehow saying that they're picking these feathers up off the slaughterhouse floor makes it better. I'm like, I loved when you said, yeah. That. yeah. I don't yeah. remember saying that, but yeah, like the, this, th there's death <laughs> involved in her ethical feathers. And so people are like, you know, yay, I, that's what I want. I want cruelty-free feathers, blah, blah, blah. So, and then, but you know, um, and then also I, in case anybody knows about feathers, there are places that actually do sell feathers that have fallen on the ground. But if you, if you look at the website, it's, and first, and also they're not ours. I just want to say that those are still not ours. Um, but like, if you look at the website and this was, I think one that was maybe in Australia where they have very strict rules about bird feathers. Um, you only get like four, you know, cause like yeah. it's legitly, they found it on the ground, right? You're not going to find. Oh yeah. You know, like the, fe the, the faux feathers that I use on my fans and those fans are thin, right? Cause I have to keep them lightweight. I think there's 200 faux feathers on just one fan. So think about it. Like if you wanted to make a, a real bird feather fan, like you're not going to find 200 of the same shapes, beautiful shaped feather. I mean, you'd have to wait for years. And um, I think there are some people that do do that. They'll wait for years for a sanctuary to like collect a feather, but that is very rare. Um, you know, that's well, not possible for everybody. And I think if we lived in a world that was already a vegan world, right? I think it might be okay for those people to do the molted feathers and to, to use these. Like, for example, I saw a video yesterday of an elk that was shedding its antlers, right? And I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen this. They but shake so it cool. off and it falls it, off. Yeah, yeah. It just comes off. And I was thinking like, well, it would be vegan, I guess, to use those antlers for something, right? Um, and also the idea is like, are we breeding elk to like use their antlers for stuff? Like I personally wouldn't use the antlers, but also I wouldn't really judge someone for picking those antlers up and, you know, making a drumstick out of it if that's what they wanted to do. Right. A, to is, that, is that what they're, what I don't know what they're doing. Okay. If you want to make a lamp out of it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because it's like, just because something came from an animal at one point, like, for example, if you pick up a seashell on the beach, right? I, mm. I don't think that's non-vegan to, like, pick up a seashell and yeah. put that on your shelf, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think the antler thing is sort of like that. And the, the feather thing could be like that yeah. if we did live in a vegan world, but we don't. The reality is that these commercial feather operations, even the smallest ones, are, are harming animals in a big way. And yeah. when we use malted feathers... Even if we don't mean to do this, we are promoting the use of feathers and that's bad for other birds. Um, yeah, that's another message that I'm trying to get across because I do have um, some people that I've met through Feather Phase Out. Um, some are vegan, some are not. And uh, they uh, collect feathers that are 
molted and proudly will photograph themselves in it. And it just, it doesn't help make them undesirable. <laughs> yeah. The same with secondhand feathers too. It's like, yeah. um, so yeah. kindness, yeah, like kindness town I've told you about a lot. And the, um, uh, the big thing that happens in the, in the, in the film is these puppets take the real feathers off their heads and they replace them with faux feathers. So here I am in my story and I've got real feathers, right? So I had to write in, what are we going to do with these real feathers? And we're doing a funeral. We're going to have, a, we're going to bury them and we're going to honor those animals. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's a symbolic thing, but that's the, that's the attitude that I, I feel like is appropriate here. I love that too, because, you know, chances are that feather came from an animal that suffered, not a molted feather. Yeah. You know, exactly. um, yeah. And then, you know, another thing too, is like, it is, it is also a concern of land, you know, this whole thing with landfills, right? Like I don't want faux feathers to end up in the landfill. Um, real feathers land up, end up in landfills. Like they're throwing them out when they're broken or dirty or not usable anymore. So. And once the you know, feathers the, have been treated and dyed, they're yeah. not biodegradable in yeah. the same way. So, you know, in, in one sense, it's like, okay, I get why people would want to reuse a, a feather. There's a, you know, a business somewhere that accepts donations. There's actually more than I know of two so far, but I'm sure there's more. Um, a business that accepts feathers like that are going to otherwise be discarded and they use them on other costumes and props. And I am, I'm like, okay, that's wonderful because now it's not going in a landfill. It's getting like a second use. So in that aspect, it's great. So yeah, this is, that's like kind of a, uh, a gray area for me. Like I, I, I applaud them for that, but I'm also like, oh, it's like, that was from a suffering animal, you know? You know what I said to someone who asked me about that? They asked about secondhand stuff and I said, well, okay, imagine I was a uh, child rights activist and people out there were using the skin of children to like make wallets, right? And, and you're, you're asking me, well, is it cool to recycle one of those wallets to make a new wallet? That's how I feel about it. And he, it was clear for him at that point. He was like, oh, I see, I see how you feel. Um, Cause if it's not okay in the first place, it's not okay in the second place. Either. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, I think it's an anti-discrimination thing too, because yeah. if we really want to be inclusive of our vegan brothers and sisters and non-binary siblings out there, we need to like, and I say this in the puppetry world, if you choose to build a puppet with a leather grip on the inside, that is going to be used by other people. That's a form of discrimination against the vegan puppeteer who's going to be uh, deeply uncomfortable using that. And it's the same with burlesque. If you choose to create a costume for your show that has real feathers, you're discriminating against the vegan dancer who's going to have a very deeply uncomfortable experience, especially when it makes no huge difference for you to just use a material that everybody's going to feel comfortable with. So even if you don't care about animals, if you care about your other performers and your fellow people, you, you should do that just to make it a more inclusive of space yeah i love that um so how do you how do you stay positive uh monica like how do you stay motivated do you have any techniques and and, and it's okay to say I, I i fail at that sometimes because <laughs> i do i have my moments where i'm like ugh, in a, in a bit yeah. of a rut um so, and I, yeah. so can you speak on that for a moment sure um i think that it's first of all i think it's good to acknowledge that um day-to-day -day life uh, and emotions are always in a kind of a roller coaster ups and downs right it happens with fitness 
you know, sometimes you're, you know, in the upswing of height, uh, strength. And then sometimes you're like, oh, you kind of fall like the holidays you kind of fall off the wagon. <laughs> um, and then it happens, you know, just with every aspect of life. So just knowing that, you know, you might be on a downswing at one point, know that the upswing is in the future. And that helps me. Um, I definitely take breaks from social media. I've never made it to a full, you know, like two or three days without social media. Usually my breaks are eight hour. Um, well, that's like me sleeping. So let's say 16 hours, you know, um, cause social media for me is very much like television. Like it's just a way for me to escape. Um, and I use it to decompress after I teach classes, teaching um, students. I, I, I teach fitness. If anybody doesn't know, I teach pole dancing and fitness, choreography. After um, meeting with 40 or 50 girls in a four-hour period, my brain is mush. So I use social media to kind of um, decompress. Um, so, you know, I, I'll take breaks from social media. Another thing um, that helps me tremendously is um, understanding polyvagal theory, which I don't know if you're familiar with. No, I mean, I, I know the vasovagal, when people pass out, that's what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, so um, the polyvagal theory ties into the fight or flight response, um, and it also ties into um, rest and digest, and um, sometimes freeze, things like that. So. Um, understanding when um, I'm shifting into those different regions um, helps me. I guess that kind of ties into the whole cyclical thing. I just ride the wave. Um, we as vegans um, are traumatized because, and it sounds so extreme for me to say it, but if you consider the primitive brain, and this goes into the polyvagal theory, you know, we, our primitive brain, the brain that we had before we developed into these amazing creatures that can put rockets in space. Um, when we perceive a threat, even if it's typed words on a screen, if that's a threat to us, it can trigger um, a part of our nervous system and make us go into fight mode. It can make us go into freeze mode where we just want to exit the room, maybe take some drink some beers or you know like that that's so just understanding that i think if you were just to um you, there's plenty of videos um discussing polyvagal theory I, I i highly recommend it the the body keeps score is a book that talks a little bit about it as well i think that's what it's called the body keeps score it's really interesting. Body. No, I haven't. Yeah. But it reminds me of like, I, we got this dog, you met Faye. And Yay. Faye is so sweet and she's so confident and so happy. But then I'll sometimes grab her to like bring it because we have a staircase going downstairs. So I have mm -hmm. to, sometimes I'll carry her down the stairs. And she gets nervous sometimes going outside. And literally I feel this little being's heartbeat start to go faster oh. and her breathing changes. And you talk about like the vagal response. Like that's exactly like, she's not being manipulative in, in yeah. not wanting to go outside. She's really afraid. And yeah. she has a fight or flight thing going on. Uh -huh. And it's like, and, and it's important, I think, for, to recognize and realize that that also, like it's obviously, but yeah, it happens with us even. And it can be triggered by words online sometimes. So yeah. just, just knowing that, I think like, for me is going to be helpful moving yeah. forward. A typed word is not necessarily a dangerous threat. It can be. I have a friend that's getting some pretty awful uh, 
threats. She had to call the FBI. Oh my goodness. Yeah, um, she has a an, a an influencer account, and um, it offends a lot of people in. Um, I hope I'm saying, in the Muslim community. Okay. So, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, so they are they are they're dangerous typed word threats. But for the most part, if somebody says mm, bacon, like that doesn't actually threaten my life, but it can affect me in um a in a very negative way. <laughs> I guess like yeah. now that doesn't bug me anymore because I just imagine this unhealthy person <laughs> behind the screen typing in a dark room. But, yeah. Um, similar yeah. things like that. Yeah, the mm bacon, it, it's like, it's funny the things that they think are going to bother us. You know what I mean? Like when someone will come and stand so and eat. It's childish. A, it's so yeah. childish. Like, like you've how seen, old are you? <laughs> they'll like eat a burger next to a vegan protest or something. And like sometimes, yeah. sometimes the vegans bite and start yelling at that person. But like if that was my protest moment, I would just be like, okay, like, yeah, dude, all right. Well, you think we don't see that all the time everywhere we go? No, I could go to my parents' house and they'll be eating a burger next to me. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk one more about uh, one more issue that I think is or, or just aspect of what we're doing that is very important. And it's the idea of bravery. Um, and bravery, I think true bravery, and Nelson Mandela said this, it's not just doing something dangerous and reckless. It's uh, it's understanding the danger that you're in. So the more you understand mm. what is wrong, like if you just do something stupid and dangerous, that's not necessarily brave. But if you're really afraid of doing this thing and you really understand the risk that you're putting yourself under and you do it anyway, that's bravery. Yeah. And um, can, can you address like how you feel bravery uh, intersects with the work that we're doing? Um, absolutely. Sure. And then I just wanted to get back to another thing about like, what keeps me motivated. Oh yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so I forgot my point. Damn it. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I, I have this thing where like, it's, it's just like, it's a little baby seed and like, it just blows away. Um, the second I say something different, oh, it'll come back man. to me. It'll come back to me. What keeps you motivated? Uh, but, but bravery for me is like, we, we know that people are are not going to like what we're saying. You know, we, we understand the risk that we're putting ourselves in. Um, and like, not to through historically, you know, you look at Gandhi, Gandhi was a very brave person because what he was doing was putting himself at personal risk. You know, you might go to jail, you might be beaten by the police. You might be ostracized from society. You like, it might've Gandhi might've had, in a, in one sense, an easier life if he had played ball with the British and, you know, sat with them at their high tea and, and you know what I mean? But sometimes doing the right thing is also going to be the uncomfortable thing. And, and for me, at least with the feather movement, it's like, yeah, sometimes what's right is not what's easy. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that I've made it a lifelong practice of just always doing things that are uncomfortable. I'm not... Um, what do they call it? Um, an extrovert. I'm not, I, I feel like I'm kind of socially awkward sometimes. Like I've never been truly comfortable or felt safe. Um, and there's plenty of reasons for that, but you know, I, I think I've just gotten used to doing things that feel dangerous. That's yeah. probably why I'm teaching pole dancing or, you know, and it's probably why like, uh, you know, street activism. I haven't done that much street activism since I moved to LA, but before I moved out here, I was pretty much one of the only, like maybe there was two or three other activists in New Orleans and we would just 
I would go out by myself at night in the quarter. There was a murder every night in the French quarter, you know, like, and I would go out there at 10 p.m. because that was the only way people could see my DVD screen that I was wearing. This was before there was like DVDs you could wear. Like I made uh, a DVD backpack holder and I'd wear it on my chest. Wow. And, um, you know, I would just go up to strangers and leaflet them uh, by myself in the dark. <laughs> and it was terrifying. I was always scared, but I did it because no one else was. And, um, you know, what else am I going to do? Just sit at home and ignore the problem? Yeah. Um, I did have, and so, you know, I did, I did learn how to keep myself safe, uh, a long time ago, you know, like there's certain, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a woman, like we, this intuition of safety thing, I, 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 I don't want to sound sexist. No, no, um, it's not. But I, I think that like, there's the, uh, an intuition that some people have. And uh, listen to it. You know, if you feel like you're in danger, you might be in danger. Um, I was in a, I learned from this one night in the French Quarter. I was near, I think I was near Jackson Square. And I had tried to leaflet this man and he was dressed as a chef. And he just, you know, I just handed him a leaflet and I was like, hi, would you like to learn about veganism? And he I've seen in anime cartoons, um, like how they'll animate a character and then all of a sudden they turn into a monster, like the eyes change. Have you ever seen that in anime? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that in person. This, I thought this man was going to attack me. Oh I don't, gosh. I don't know it. He, maybe he was on drugs or something, but I was so scared. And I, I immediately knew that like, I, I need to get out of this area. Like, there, I, I noticed no one was around me. I was like, oh my God, this guy could like attack me. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'll take the pamphlet back. I'll, you don't have to read it. And he said something about how, um, you know, he has to put food on. He, like, I don't, like, it was something along the lines of like, I'm affecting his ability to feed his kids by giving yeah. him this pamphlet. He saw you as a, as a threat and he was going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ugh. you know, anyway, so like I learned from that, like, you know, maybe as a woman, I shouldn't be in the dark at night by myself talking to strangers, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, our, you know, okay, what's the worst that could happen to us? We, physical harm, you know, getting beat up, going to jail, like avoid those things. But if, if we're in a situation where we're just having a conversation, try to keep the emotions chill. It's not always easy for me. Um, then are you really in danger? Like, yeah. So, well, I've seen you do street activism, Monica, you're incredibly effective. And, um, I mean, it's, you've been in a group each of those times too, though. So yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, I do want to invite sky onto our stage cause sky's oh. here right now. So, uh, folks welcome Mr. Sky, Jack Morgan. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hi, Monica. Hey. Hey, Hi, Mr. Morgan. Good afternoon, morning, whatever, morning. Oh, yeah, we're on the West Coast. It's good morning it's to everyone. Good morning. Yeah. I, I, I love what you said about bravery. It made me think a lot about, you know, what's going on with Wayne and all of that. And uh, I don't know. It's I, it's it's more and more. It gets, I don't know if you guys saw Abaz LaCiel's uh, video about him today. No, no. not yet. Not yet. No. It's it's pretty rough, and uh, I don't know. It's like 
nothing can be simple, can it? Everything has to be, uh, <laughs> everything's got to make tie you up all into knots and make you doubt everything all the time. But um, yeah. yeah, that bravery. Well, Monica, if you want to stick around, you're more than welcome to stick around. I know that we said we would go until nine. Um, so oh, yeah. if, um, if you if you have other things to do with your day, you're more than don't feel like you have to stay here. But if you want to, you're also welcome to do that. Um, maybe I'll stick around for another five minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. five minutes will get you. <laughs> five minutes will get you everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't trust a chef anyway, Monica. Don't trust chefs. My dad was a chef. Yeah, I wouldn't trust him. <laughs> no, I don't trust my dad. <laughs> don't trust my dad. I, I always say, do you know why? Do you know why chefs always wear white? Because mm. uh, same wear, same reason a bride wears white. It's this uh, this illusion of purity. It's, it's, it's this. It's this. It's this. I'm gonna cover all my filth. Everything that I did back there, you're not gonna see it out front. I'm gonna put on this gleaming white coat. And everything's yeah. clean back there. Trust me, everybody. Everything's super clean back there. There's no blood. Butcher in too. Butcher's wearing white. Butchers wear white, but only when they're in front of people. Like when you go back a house, they're all wearing black and leather and like plastic. just like plastic. Yeah, lots of plastic. Exactly. Chain chain gloves. Gloves made of metal. Like all of these things with massive weaponry. And yet, when they come out in front of the house and they come to the front where everyone can see them. What are they wearing? Gleaming, bright, tied whites. They just got yeah. that, that uber white because yeah. they're pure. Um, I thought I remembered the thing that I wanted to say about inspiring. Oh, yeah. So I I'm an artist. Like I've been a painter and an artist my whole life. And so I think that just the idea of making a faux feather is, is motivating to me. And then even if it's not perfect, if I share it with somebody else who's an artist, they can improve upon that. You know, so this whole idea of making faux feather fans, I, mm -hmm. it's definitely not new. There, there are people that have been making faux feather fans. They're just not making them with faux pompous like I am. I mean, they are now. But um, I want to I wanna keep improving on the idea and just keep sharing with others and, you know, Burlesque artists, a lot of them make their own costumes. Yeah. And I mean, partially it's because they're artists too, not just they're trying to save money, but they're also artists too. So I think that like if I show them something that's kind of like not quite perfect, but like almost there, they're going to yeah. take that idea and fly with it. So totally. that's what inspires me is that it's there's an artistic thing to it. And I'm an artist and I'm working with artists and it's, you know, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years, 20 years. I always Caprice say that to the, to the puppet community. I always say we're artists, not butchers. We don't need to be using, yeah. right? Like we can do better than that. If we're making a bird puppet, it's not very creative for us to just use feathers. Come on, let's do better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, read, I read a comment by um, uh, a burlesque artist who said she never wears feathers because they seem cheap. Yeah, they and are. I was like, yeah, it is cheap, fancy. Yeah, I mean, when, when Shakespeare had Bottom come out in Midsummer Night's Dream, he didn't have a stuffed, uh, like a, a real donkey head. You know, yeah. they didn't just put just just take the take the bones out of a donkey head and put it on a on a man. They 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 made a fake a fake one out of paper mache and stuff. You know, there's no they yeah. didn't real. Why would you use a real donkey head? Sorry, Man. we can't do the play. Unless Fanny you always says this. Fanny says to me, she's like, she says about the puppet community. She's like, if you were going to make a dog puppet, would you use real dog fur? And I was like, no, no. Yeah, yeah or, or like Fozzie Bear, is he made out of real bear fur? 
And then uh, and and then there was a horror movie where a guy put like didn't he put like a real pig head on his head? Oh my gosh, I'm sure. And that's yeah, like that's a horror movies, movie. Like a, that's yeah. yeah. So that's like that's like a sadistic killer. They do that. Yeah. Counterpoint, I, Mr. Bean had a turkey stuck on his head. So did in the episode oh. of Friends too, they used a yeah. they used a turkey. But there was a fake turkey when they did oh, that. Oh right. Oh, was it a fake turkey? In Friends, they have a famous Thanksgiving episode where they put yeah. a turkey on Monica's head and she does a dance. Yeah. And uh with sunglasses on it. And it's still horrible to see. It's still Yeah, it's so gross. Even when it came out, I was like, God, what does it smell like inside of that? Even though I knew it was made of rubber, I'm like mm. Even then, it's so gross to think about putting your head inside of a turkey's ass. One of my favorite movies before I was vegan was So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. Oh, until and, you, oh my gosh, right? You see, and now I'm vegan. I cannot watch that movie anymore because of the butcher, the butcher shop scene. That girl worked in a butcher shop. And they play, they're like playing around with the meat and with like, just dead like animals. Yeah. yeah. They're like bathing in meat. And it's like, that's such a gross scene. And it never bothered me until oh. I went vegan. It never bothered me. You didn't even notice it probably. No, I was probably like, oh, that's cute. They're like, they're flirting with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like that's how all advertisement is now too. Like I watch something on TV, like with all the turkey ads and ham ads I'm seeing right now. Um, like mm. every, every time I walk by a television, because I don't really watch TV, but every time I'm near one, there's an ad of a, of a chopped up ham or a chopped up turkey. And it's like, God damn, it's just always, it's just always. How do you compete with that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to head out, but I just wanted to say, Sky, um, it looks like you're at home. I am. I'm at home for um, one more day. You know, I, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't keep up with all of your content. You make so many amazing vegan videos and like, I'm trying to like watch when I can. So okay. um, I didn't realize like you were going on a massive, like across the country tour. Yeah, we went across America. Uh, I, we drove like I think sixty-five, somewhere somewhere between sixty-five and eight thousand miles. I'm not exactly sure yet. I need to get the starting yeah. odometer, but it was uh, yeah, all across America, twenty different universities, and uh, went everywhere. I mean, it was uh, it was really exciting and 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 harrowing and interesting. And and did Karina go with so you, or did she stay home? No, I went with two strangers who are now not who are no longer strangers, friends that I hadn't met yet. And um it was uh yeah, she was here, unfortunately, but yeah. she doesn't like doing that whole outreach stuff, you know, just like you said, it's a little it's a little harrowing. What you said about the person like throwing a hamburger, eating a hamburger in front of you, that happened twice to me uh, on the same day, oddly, at the same university. Uh, I had somebody do that. Um lots of lots of little mini trolls, but most people are pretty, they're so scared that, you know, those people, they'll come up and they'll do that. And I'll say, well, why are you, are you against killing animals? And because mm. they'll say, why does PETA euthanize animals? And I'm like, are you against killing animals? You must be vegan if you're asking me that. And they're like, and this, it's, I don't have my phone with me, but it's like, you could see, because when they hold their phone and they get nervous, they're like, you could really see the phone start shaking. Wow. <laughs> because they're so full of adre yeah. adrenaline, these trolls, that yeah. when they come up and you're like, well, let me ask you a question, sir. No, they can't handle it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. And uh, I recommend anybody who wants to do activism to try to get involved with a, a PETA tour. You know, I almost worked for PETA. Oh. After um, Katrina, I was looking for jobs online and uh, I made it to kind of like the final um, yeah. interviews for a graphic designer. But oh. this was so long ago, there was no such thing as remote work.
Yeah, now mm -hmm. almost all of it's remote. And there was just no financial way I could move to Virginia. There was like I had I had I think four cats at the time, and like to pay that I I would have had to pay like for pet fees and then just the move. Yeah. There was no way I could do it, but I I had aspirations of working for PETA, and I still do because there's a PETA office I think somewhere near um, yep. Silver. The Bob Barker Center. Yeah, there's one uh, right over near Silver Lake over there somewhere. Yeah, I haven't been there, but I know it's it's up there somewhere. I've driven by it and I, they've got the big billboard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a similar experience where when I was younger, I really wanted to work for PETA and I had a graphic design uh, certificate and I got to the last level and I was like, I can't move to North. And I was living in Virginia, but I was like, I can't yeah. pick up stakes and move three and a half hours away. You know, even that seems... Yeah. But now there's more and more opportunities. I really recommend people trying to get into the tours because they do concert tours where they'll go to a um, either a concert a festival that they're sponsoring or a sympathetic or vegan mm. uh, act who is like, hey, they want to have PETA 2 come along. And then you man a table at a concert. And it's so cool because that type of outreach, people are, people are loose, they're having a good time. They want to know more. And it's like, it's very that type of outreach in the concerts seems so cool. I haven't done it, but I've talked with a lot of people now who have, and I think that's a wonderful way to get into kind of that light activism. I think yeah. it's, um, and and you know, you get a free show. I have a question, and I tell you what, you don't have to answer it now because you've probably addressed it in one of your vegan, of course, medias. But I love Ingrid Newkirk. Yeah. And I love PETA, and I also am aware of the controversy behind them, like something about dogs euthanizing. So, yeah. like, is that shit true? Which part? Uh, right. There's a lot. So, I mean, most of I would say, like, I'll put it this way: uh, depends on who you ask, but like, a high percentage of the animals that come into PETA's care are euthanized. Now, okay. what does that mean? Now, uh, to, to tell you a little story, like, uh, just very, very recently, they found these dog. Um, Hey, Jess. <laughs> Jess is big in Japan. Um, so they, they a, a sheriff, I think, at, let's call it Missouri. I forget what state they were in. They found a bunch of dogs, a dog breeding farm. Most of them were bait dogs. These dogs are uh, fighting dogs that are put into the ring with the show, the show fight dogs. And they're basically torn to shreds by the bigger, stronger animal. These are little pit bulls, basically. Uh, not yeah. basically. They're, they're smaller smaller pit bulls and so all of them are torn up they're infected they're emaciated they haven't been fed they've had zero contact with humans these animals unfortunately are likely they're not going to be salvageable and there's something yeah. i think there were like 150 of them there were there were a lot of them okay who do you think the sheriff called PETA. that's right they called PETA. Yeah. and PETA has a, the reason why they call PETA is because they have a, a, a they turn away no animal I think that like no the end. confusion that I have about all this stuff is like, okay, I understand like, you know, having to like make a judgment call on whether to euthanize or not. But like sometimes the, um, the criticisms of PETA come from mm. other vegans. Yeah. And so that's yeah. where I'm just like, okay, well, this vegan is saying, you know, this story, you know, and I can't even remember what the stories are, but it usually, in, it usually involves calling PETA like, um, like a, dog killer or something yeah dog and cat so, killer yeah. um, we get that a lot and I, I got that along the road um i think that i would also like to point out like the thing with the euthanasia first of all are you one one has to first determine whether or not one is against euthanasia if an animal is suffering is it more ethical to euthanize an animal mm -hmm. or to not if an animal is going to suffer 
what's the ethical decision? So that's the first thing I think a vegan needs to have in their mind. Um, most vegans, I think, will side on the idea that euthanasia is sometimes necessary. Now, since since PETA turns away no animal, a lot of poor people who can't afford euthanasia because euthanasia costs $300 or something like that, they can take their animal to PETA and PETA will euthanize it free of, free of charge. Um, and they know that they're going to treat that animal with respect and dignity. So every animal that's able to be adopted out goes to a, to various uh, partnerships. They have partners with ASPCA and the Humane mm -hmm. Society and these others that do adopt. Actually, their core competency is adopting animals out. But that's a small percentage of the animals that are surrendered to PETA. So how... You know okay. what I mean? So, well, thank you for addressing that. I, I Did you talk about this already on your show? I've talked about it my whole life, I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think that it should, should PETA be scrutinized? Of course they're not, they're not, they're, they're a 45 year old, uh, you know, institution. They're the largest animal rights organization in the world. Have they made some missteps? More than likely. And should they be scrutinized? Absolutely. I am never going to tell, I'm never going to stand here and tell anyone that they shouldn't scrutinize the ones that are the, the big guys. You know, this is something that I have, I have always have a problem with demigods and, and, uh, cult leaders, you know, like PETA is the Saturday night live of the animal rights movement. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means they've been around for 45 years. Everybody knows who they are. You know, it's, they're the big guns, but sometimes they're better. Sometimes they're worse, but at the mm. end of the day, they're just out there trying to make people laugh. You know, it's the same with PETA. They're just trying to do good animal rights stuff. And, you know, we might be able to criticize some of their techniques. It's funny. You say that vegans criticize PETA because I see it, you know, I, I personally feel sometimes like they don't go far enough or they're not uh, hardcore enough. Like I see PETA back in the 80s, they were throwing, you know, red paint on, mm -hmm. on stuff. And now it seems like they're more likely to be sitting, you know, uh, with talking to a PR person. And it's 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 a difference in technique. But at the end of the day, you're right. I really do seriously admire Ingrid and uh, the work that they're doing. We all have the same yeah. goal. But tell that to Jamie Logan, who got tackled by a large man in front of a uh, in front of a. Um of JLo. Remember that when she at the coach at the coach uh, fashion show or tell that to, I think her name was Rachel. I can't remember her name. The one that was tackled by uh, Bert. What's his name? That Bert big Kreischer. Uh, Bert Kreischer. Yeah. Like he was just, she was just tackled. That was a PETA protest. I mean, you're right. This, you're right. Granted. You yeah. Know, like fair enough. Totally. The, the, what, what they get, they get criticized more intensely for like their old marketing things that happened 15 years ago. Actually, Tofu Dog just did a great video about it. I thought that she was very fair and also scrutinized the the organization. But I thought she she had a very fair assessment, and she would say, "Hey, this is something they did 15 years ago, like the Save the Whales campaign, where and drop the blubber." And they said it was like body shaming because they were trying to say that veganism would make you less fat, and mm. so save the yeah. save the whales and, and drop the blubber was what they were saying. They would show like cartoons of fat people. And yeah, okay, but that was 15 years ago too. Like, I mean, can we can we stay topical? I mean, 40 years ago, I think almost every holy shit, you could take Folgers Coffee, and what was the company yeah. that used? Jess would probably know this. Where Kermit the Frog uses a gun to shoot himself oh in one gosh. of those coffee. Oh, yeah, there was old Salmon Friends stuff. Um, I forget where exactly the coffee like, company. I mean, yeah. There's stuff, yeah, right. There's stuff that's like, holy shit, that's that happened. Or how about you know Bugs Bunny with all the racist stuff? I mean, like, are we going to hold Warner Brothers responsible for shit that happened in the 30s? 
50s, 60s, 70s. No, we should um, hold them responsible for what Sesame Street's doing today because that's a today, Warner company. Right. And so, like, what is what is what has PETA done today that is so offensive to anybody? I'm not really sure, um, except to Carnies. And I think that they're doing a really good job. And I'm proud to be uh, part of the group, you know. Yeah. Um, let's see what, let's see. Jones Lee Face says, uh, my non-vegan roommate says she doesn't like PETA because of the euthanization thing. Yeah, she's non-vegan though, so she's a hypocrite. Like that's just the whole. If you're not vegan, then don't shut the fuck up about euthanasia. I'm sorry, I don't trust any non-vegan talking about euthanasia. Period. Mm -hmm. Like the, one of the people who had a hamburger and a video was telling me that euthanasia is wrong, and I'm like, so are you against killing animals? Well, I get joy out of this. So you're only against <laughs> killing animals when they're when they're suffering, but you're okay with it when it brings you joy. So it's like, I'm sorry, that's that's a, that's an idiotic thing to say, and yeah. you know, it's just it's just rough. Um, so the percentages are all jacked up. You know, I think I've heard anywhere between 74 and 84 percent of animals that come into PETA's care end up euthanized, and it varies mm. from year to year, but it's mostly because they don't adopt out really it's almost all of them are sent to someplace else who are adoption agencies you know what i mean so they don't count those numbers and you know yeah. it's, it's, it's so it's such a ludicrous idea to think that PETA's out there like trying to kill animals that's just so stupid they're trying to address the root of the problem which is uh, one of them it is breeders you know and they're trying to do the best that they can they don't want to euthanize these animals but they don't have the resources to care for for everybody so we just have to do what we have to do and it sucks and it's a you know it's like we are the doctors who have to you know heal society and sometimes you have to do something wrong not not even wrong but like Man, necessary. nobody necessary, right? And it sucks. Like again, fuck you for making me be vegan. Fuck you for putting us. Fuck you for putting PETA in that position where they have to do that. Like, yeah, I mean, you what's, what's really sad is that the people, the the department that does that stuff, they are like the nicest people who are out there seeing the worst of humanity doing the worst things to animals. They're out there in rural America, going on people's properties and finding just ears infested with maggots and animal like like and and then going hey can we uh, borrow your dog so we can give your dog medical care can we take your dog and we'll get the dog adopted out and people are like nope nope you're trying to steal well, my dog yeah it's my dog i can keep him chained to that chain to that tree all i want and people are weird like that and so so they so they so what they do they say well if you let me um neuter your animal I'll bring you a free dog house. And so the dog can live in the dog house. That's like, that's one of the main things. And I've seen them building the damn dog house. They build the dog houses at PETA headquarters in their acre. They have an acre sized dog park at the headquarters. It's like, yeah, we've got an acre sized dog park, but yeah, they're the ones that are trying to hurt animals. You know what I mean? It's just so. Ludicrous. Are you, are y'all following the mutts comics? No. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I don't remember the name of the and the illustrator, but um, on Mutt's comics, um, it's to raise awareness of chain dogs. Mm. Um, they, I, I'm not going to do a good job of explaining it, but it's worth checking out. Um, it's like every day they're putting out a new co comic about this dog who was abandoned, and you know we just found out he was abandoned last week. And uh, the little cat and dog, Mooch and whatever his name is, they're going to go visit him. And last I checked, 
guard dog, that's his name, he passed out. And it's 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 very heartwarming and um it's I think it's uh it's getting a really good message across. Oh yeah, yeah. guard dog. Oh no, guard dog is in bad shape. He looks totally out of it. Guard dog, do you know who I am? So now you're starting in the middle. You need to go back and get a complete story. That's, you're missing the beginning. Yeah. I okay. love this stuff because, Monica, you talked about we're artists, right? The person who's making this is an artist. And I think that that's how we're going to change the world is through our art and through telling these stories. And it's every little bit helps. So it's stuff like I love this. Yeah. Oh, this is where it starts right here. Catching up, swipe to follow along. I see. I'm okay. Gonna cry. I'm gonna it's cry. on the front one. It's mutz.com. So it's I on the cry, first page, though. I cry every day when I read these comics. I, oh my gosh. I am so sensitive. All right. Well, I think I'm going to head out because I need to go cry now. Oh, I love <laughs> how it's yeah. so profound. The, that chain says everything about him and nothing about me. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's, That's pretty awesome. good. All right, Monica. Thank you for introducing me to. I've seen Mutt's comics before, but I didn't know that they were having like a. Yeah, a... I think I think it's um, in correlation to maybe a month. You know, like how it's like, hey, it's National Blah 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 Month. Like mm. it has something to do with that. It's National Men's Health Month right now, so like get out. It is. It's National Men's Health Awareness how, Month. How is your mental health, Sky? Mental health. I I think that right now I'm full of anxiety, but I am uh, I'm meditating mm. more. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to work out more and, uh, you know, trying to do that. I, I watched a video today actually about mental health and men and how men, um, have a hard time going to therapy because feelings, because bad feelings are something not to talk about, but to be fixed. Mm. And I'm like, mm. what the fuck? That's hardcore. That's like, I was like, God damn, that's so true that men, when they have negative feelings, they they want to fix whatever external things are causing those negative feelings. Mm. And you got to feel it. You got to feel it to heal it. Yeah. Well, 75% of people in talk therapy are women and only 25% are men. Mm. And most of that 25% mm. thinks it doesn't work or it's not for them. And they hate, they hate couples therapy and they hate mm. like, because they don't know how to, they don't know the language of therapy. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's like, I was so, I, I, I was, I thought it was truly, I just never thought of it be like that before. You know, mm. I, you know, people say things about how men want to, don't want to talk about their feelings. I think they do, but they lack the vocabulary. Yeah. There might that. also, there might also be like a self-reliance kind of a thing. Like, you know, I, I can do it myself kind of an I've idea. Trained that. Yeah. You've been trained not to complain about your problems yeah. and instead fix the things causing your problems. That's what you're yeah. trained to do. No, don't go, don't go crying to mommy. Is what you get is what you get told. You know what was really difficult for me? I was having a lot of anxiety about the whole vegan thing, and I couldn't find a vegan therapist because I was like, I can't talk to a carnist. I tried a therapist, and we talked, and he immediately started judging me and asking me vegan yeah. questions. And I was like, That's no, this is what I am uncomfortable about. I don't want you challenging my you know thing right now. I need someone yeah. who's like it's the baseline. We can both be vegan and then go. Anyway, that was, you know, you know, I have, I have a vegan therapist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk off the air about this. Maybe, um, maybe you can suggest. I, and um, I just want to say that like, it is true if you, and this is not apply to everybody, but like, and for me and obviously for Jess, <laughs> like I cannot speak to a therapist that is not vegan. And I yeah. have in the past and it's always, I leave more depressed than I did when I walked in the ding dang office. 
So, and the, and the thing is, is because like, it's okay. You know how, when you hang out with people that aren't vegan and they're like, I really respect that you're vegan. I get it. No, they don't get it. If they got it, they vegan. would be in our club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I couldn't agree yeah. more. And I that's will... also why I think V kind, I'm going to say it again, get on V kind. Those, those, their vegan therapists should be on V kind. So the vegans can All find right. them. Have you tried V kind Jess? Uh, no, I haven't. I am so tired of having to come up with another password. So now you're saying I have to join another thing <laughs> and make Only up another password. Only if you want to do business with vegans. All right. I'll join. Delete the others. You don't I'll have to join. join. Unless you, but you could put your business on there. Vegan pole dancer uh, teacher. I guarantee you. And it's free. <laughs> put put on vegan pole dance instructor. Somebody's going to, there's someone out there right now going, I'd love to learn pole dancing. But from a vegan. That's right. I guarantee you there's someone out there who's <laughs> maybe yeah. just one or two, but I promise you someone's out there thinking that right now. All righty. Well, it was, I, I love y'all both so much. Um, you too. And anybody who's watching this, thanks for caring and opening up your eyes and your heart to listening and being a part of this. And um, happy thanks living. Happy thanks living. Happy thanks living. Thanks, and um, I hope to to see y'all again really soon. Will do well, for sure. Thank you Bye. so much, Monica. Bye. See you. Bye. Uh, well, that was fun. She's so cool. Uh, vegan pole dancer, feather phase out. Go on Instagram. Go and support Monica and follow her. She is so cool. Um, yeah. Jess, I don't know what your time schedule is, but I want to know if you want to talk about something controversial. We can talk about something controversial. There is only one last thing I want to do at some point during the show. I have a sweet goose little bit I want to play some music, but let's talk controversy first. Will we? Will, will we? Will we? Uh, will we be, get a copyright strike on it? Oh, for sweet goose, probably not, because it's not something he's recorded. Uh, it's it's like an Instagram oh, post. That's cool. Um, so I don't know if you saw Basla CL's <laughs> thing. I want to hear what you oh, think no. about this. No, can you can you fill fill us in on what this is about? Well, it's about, about a Bala CL put a video out today saying, I hope you die in jail. And I was like, holy, what did you just say? Because I do not they wanted him to be a martyr because that will help the cause. Do you want to watch the video? Is it how long is it? Yeah, let's let's watch four it. Minutes. But four minutes. Yeah, let's let's watch it together and see. OK, here we go. There's Wayne. It's a rap video. OK. I keep telling you, the worst thing you can do is is think you're the smartest person in the room and talk to yourself. Because now you got two crazy people. And I keep telling you that. These dudes ain't trying to hurt you. You're making it happen. You're making that happen. You ain't in a fucked up situation. You need to start knowing that so you can act right and you can do what you do and move on to your family. Take him to Detroit. Can we no, pause for a moment? No, because no, the Detroit thing, you're, you're offended by the Detroit no, no, thing. Who, so who, get, let's have some context. Who is this that posted this video? I don't know who this person is. Abala Ciel is a, I would call him a amateur philosopher. He is a vegan content creator. He has lots and lots of subscribers. I forget okay. how many. He's been around for a while. He himself has some controversy. He is um, a lot of people hate him. People love him. People but hate he's him. Vegan. He's vegan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's okay. He's vegan. I 
Okay, well, let me tell you immediately why I take everything he says with a grain of salt. Okay. <laughs> I don't think like he doesn't believe that activism or outreach works at all. He doesn't think that any of it's worthwhile at all. And he thinks that just making, I don't know what, I don't know. So, uh, far, okay. I don't want to comment on it yet, but can we continue the video? Yeah, of course. Are you ready for it? I have feelings. It? I already have feelings, but I'm not going to say them until we keep watching. Okay. Now, okay, I you know all... what? I'm going to share. I want to share my feelings. I'm going to share. I want your reaction. Yeah. So, so far, it's big thumbs down. Big thumbs down. Uh, if I was watching this video on Instagram, I would have already shut it off and moved past this person because I don't think that they're engaging in an honest and respectful way so far. Not honest. Uh, honest. I think he's honest. I don't think he's being respectful. He's he, he's intentionally being disrespectful for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I guess honest isn't the right word, but intentionally disrespectful so far is what I've seen. Yeah, Josh said he saw it today. What What do you think, Josh? We're all gonna see what you think about this. Here we go. No, no, Here comes the rap part. No. He was a professor. Ended up in jail as a lawyer. Indiana left winger. Could have been the next Peter Singer. Every day compares himself to MLK. Says he'll die for the cause. Still wants to get away like OJ. He started out as a revolutionary on MySpace. Ran for mayor like Harvey Dent. But now he's behind bars like Two-Face. He keeps it rolling. His every crime is committed on camera. If you donate to support him, he's scamming you. Okay, so... <laughs> I mean, Every first off, commits on camera. Can we just talk about advice. like I don't like to judge other people's art, but can we just talk about how that sucks? Like just musically for a second. You don't like the booty boo booty 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 boo boo boo. It sounds like he just ripped some like video game music, like from some arcade game. And anyway, uh, uh, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna judge his art. So that's you gave the, an F on execution so far. F on execution so far, and also sort of just like I don't know. Let's keep going, but I don't like it, Sky. I'm not saying anybody has to like it. I think that uh, it's important that. This is part of the vegan movement too, mm -hmm. is my point, I guess. Yeah. Like this is this is a show for vegans about vegan shit. Yeah. And this is part of the vegan shit right now. And if you're not thinking about Wayne in a in a in a critical fashion, then I think you're doing the movement a disservice. This guy seems to be the only person who's thinking about Wayne and not just bowing to him. Okay, you know let's keep I mean? going. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. Okay, let's keep going. I like this. Okay, here we go. More <laughs> here we go. A little bit more. Not a cult leader, animal rights, Jordan Peterson owns a compound rent free for a follower living in immersion. The average activist is a high school dropout. He dropped the bomb, now they pay for the fallout. Fully horizontal, centralized shit. The money is in one bank account with his sister's name on it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're... we're... I, I've seen that they're saying that the money is not going towards what we say it's going towards. I, I don't know about that, though. Well, I, I, OK, so all these organizations, they all get always get criticized about like how they're handling their money. And I feel like it's of course, his sister is in charge of the money while he's in jail. I mean, he's the one who's in charge of the money. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's out of norm. You know what I mean? Like he's well, he in charge of his sister. That's the thing. And there he's in to charge trust. of DXC. Yeah. Okay, but here's the problem. He says he's not in charge of DXC. He says he has nothing to do with it. This is okay. something that Wayne, this is something I've always hated about Wayne Young ever since he had his allegations. He backed away from DXE, but now he's the head of DXE, but he's not. 
But he well, is part of TXT. I always see, like, and this isn't an actual statement. I'm going to use a metaphor here, and the, it's kill your heroes. And essentially what that means is don't put anybody up on a pedestal. Like, even when I see yeah. Earthling Ed, people are always like, Earthling Ed is the, Ooh. like... Yeah. But it's like when we have a human as the center of our movement, it humans are fallible. And and if and if and if we put a person on a pedestal and send like look at Joaquin, he's riding horses now. And is he a, a good representative for the vegan movement? Not really. If you're gonna be doing that, no, I'm sorry. I think, I think so, Joaquin is a non-vegan animal rights activist, and I think there's lots of those out there. I keep I meet them all the time. People who hate fur farming and but they eat animal. You know what I mean? I, I non-vegan yeah. animal rights activists. We should have N V A R A. N V A R A. How about C A R A? He's a carny animal rights activist. A, Do you a, what a I heard this week? Someone said that Joaquin riding a horse is actually a good thing because now he can talk about it in interviews. And I was like, that's a pretty Whoa. shaky thing. And they also said, you know what? That horse was going to get ridden anyway. And it's best that a vegan rides it because the vegan would be more kind to the horse. Than <laughs> and I'm like, that's a stupid argument. That's a very shaky justification for, for that. You know, you could say the same about hurting animals in all sorts of different ways. Like, well, if I don't, you know, train this elephant. Yeah. That's <laughs> ludicrous. But OK, so. All right. So. How Wayne handles the money for DXC or for his own defense, I think, sure, should we, should, sh is it, is it fair game? Yes. Is it really fair to, I, I mean, I don't think it's out of the norm. Okay. Like if yeah. I started an org, I would be the one in charge of the money and you would have to trust me that I'm doing the right thing about it. And I should be able to stand up to scrutiny when people are like, what are you doing with the money, Sky? I'd have to be like, yo, yeah. well, this is what happened and be able to explain it. You know, that's. That's how so this works. If he has legitimate um, concerns about the use of the money and allegations about, you know, specific things, sure. But simply saying like, oh, the money's in his sisters, that doesn't mean anything. It's just like, well, yeah. Well, he's making the point that, well, I don't know if he's making the point. He is attempting to make a point by saying that it's a scam, that, that he's scamming you out of money for his weird cult. And I'm not saying DXE is a cult, but let me tell everybody that I am particularly one of the only things that scares me is cult shit, man. It scares the shit out of me. And I, if I ever wake up and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm in a cult, that seems it's like worst nightmare situation. That's a worst nightmare scenario mm -hmm. for me. I, I read too yeah. much. Uh, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, and I'm, I uh, scares the hell out of me. Like yeah. your own reality is now challenged. So he's saying DXC is a cult. A lot of people have said it in the past, but here we go. Are you ready for more? Let's keep going. Okay. The money in the fame, power, and respect. Bad news, bro. It's jail that comes next. I'm pro-Muslim, <laughs> but anti-God. We need our Abrahamic faith, lest the hedonistic pagans and worse prevail. And we need to stand united behind it. And that is why I'm pro-Muslim, but anti-God. The Fed's on his case, but pretty oh, women like a hero. What what uh, what does that have to do with with DXE? What does Jordan Pete? He's saying that he's oh, that was Jordan Peterson. Yeah. So he's saying that he's saying that Wayne Chung is the vegan Jordan Peterson. And what does that mean? What, like, what's the connotation there? Um, I think he's 
creating a cult following kind of red pill vibe like you wake up and you want to do things for jordan in a way that's um mm. yeah i'm pro-muslim but anti-thug because we need to have this belief system it's like he's encouraging people to break the law and do s certain things but he's against it but he's for it you see what i'm saying like he's against breaking the law but he's for breaking the law i don't know Wayne it's is against one. breaking the law, but he's for breaking the law. Who are you? Are we talking about Wayne or Jordan? Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Wayne is against breaking the law. I think Wayne is in support of civil disobedience, which is when you break the law consciously. And, and for example, I always go back to Harriet Tubman when people say that breaking the law is wrong. Harriet Tubman was breaking the law when she was freeing slaves, and she mm. was aware of what she was doing when she was doing that. But and Zoe, Zoe, one of the DXC Zoe, Zoe, the one with the curly hair, I think, I think that's her name. She says that Wayne believes that everything that they're doing is legal. You see, like, hmm. he says that what we're doing is legal. And if you watch him go into Sunrise Farms, he had it was on the, if, if anybody wants to see it, uh, David Rams did a great interview with them. And he shows, like, Wayne going, look, here's here's the, here's the law. It says that I can go into your hmm. farm and take these animals because you're breaking the law. But then he's like, do you see what I mean? It's It's like... It's so convoluted, and that is my number one criticism of the of the whole thing. It's so convoluted that it, who knows what any of it is anymore. Um, I get someone said like, "Oh, you uh, you're against rescuing animals." I'm not against rescuing animals even a little bit. I think every animal should be rescued. Yeah, uh, I think that Wayne's tactic is convoluted, man. It's yeah. like, are we only rescuing the sick ones? Yeah. Because then when they went to Sunrise, oh, wait, which one did they go to? When they went to Reichart Farm, I think. I could get the farms mixed up. But I think Reichart was the one farm. where they, they went in and they got the chickens out. At first, they went and got the ducks. And the ducks, I think at Sunrise, were like, they only rescue the sick ones. And same with the pigs in Utah. They only rescued the sick ones. And then they went into the chicken farm and they got a bunch of chickens. And I think there were like 60 chickens maybe, something like that. And they went in and got them and they said, well, what's wrong with your chicken? And she said, everything, there's nothing wrong. Like These all are of them chickens, have, essentially. there's no such, yeah, there, none of them are healthy inside there. Mm. None of them are okay. And now oh, it's okay. like, you see what I mean? So it's well, like, yeah, it, the implication is if only we could keep these animals healthy, then everything would be okay. You know? And because the, what's legal is not what's always moral. And it's, I get sort of what he's doing because he wants to like, you know, he wants to disrupt the business and he yes. wants to show that there is a, um, there, there is like, there is a right for us, the right to rescue. We have the right to go into these places and take this. And that's, that's but something, which ones? But, but which ones, why, when do we have the, how are we going to find out the information? You know, you have to trespass in order to even evaluate whether or not these animals are sick. So you are, you're breaking a law in order to, expose another law that's being broken but what is the message at the end of the day because yeah. to me the message is always animal liberation but when it comes to wayne shung it's not always that is it it's save the sick ones save all of them are it's save the sick ones because they're not receiving the proper welfare and treatment it is none of them are treating are, are are receiving the proper welfare and achievement. So all of them are fair game as far as rescue is concerned. It's I am breaking the law because this is an unjust law, but it's also I'm following the law because I'm I'm committing a citizen's arrest type situation yeah. because you're breaking the law. And it's so, like, well, what is the message? 
I have a massive amount of respect for Wayne. And yeah, I believe that what he's doing is so important. And I'm loath to criticize him. And uh, I think it's really great that someone is heroes. out there doing stuff. Kill your heroes, though. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just one person out there. And I think he'd be likely to say that himself. You know, I, I'm not sure that he wants to be like, again, I think it's a fuck you for making me be vegan sort of situation. I think Wayne would be working on uh, other issues if the vegan, you know what I mean? Um, well, I mean, who knows? I think that who knows? That's 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 something I think that this video is going to get to a little bit. But um, who knows about that? But the it's it, what I think is really interesting is that the people that I meet from DXC, I have really interesting conversations with them about this. But everyone outside of DXC who are not part of it, they're always like, Sky, how dare you say something? Even question almighty Wayne Chung. And it's like, wait a second. No, of course I'm going to question. I'm going to question everybody. What are you talking about? This is a critical thinking movement. This isn't a, a lockstep goose step movement. What are you talking oh, yeah. about? And and oh, yeah. and honestly, I think again, one of the reasons why I want Wayne out of jail is because he's such a wonderful advocate for the animals because he is able to articulate in a court of law certain concepts that most of us fall short, you know, like he's able to he he is a he was a law professor. He mm -hmm. has some clout in that department and he's spending that i think capital i think he's squandering that capital i think he's squandering the capital that he has yes and no it gives him a little bit more credibility having spent time in prison over this issue you know um you just to me, show but not to the judge oh yeah yeah not to the judge and not maybe perhaps to the general public though they can look at him and be like this guy cares so much about this that he went to jail over this for two years or however long he's going to be there um but I think that's anyway. going to be moot. We're going to argue about that until <laughs> we're going to argue yeah. about that. Should we keep watching this video? Yes, it's it's we're about okay. we're a little over halfway through. I think no, not okay. quite. But we'll, we'll let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's uh, I think it's worth finishing because uh, there's more. Follow the money's in the fame. His life is a chase. Donations in the millions. Teenage bitches wearing blood and chains. A whole movement that exists for one man's ego. A philosophy of equality he's quick to forego. In school, he was weird. No, he never had no female. And he's admired and feared. Big titties coming in email. He was a vegan with no pay. Taiwanese DNA competing with Buck Rock in California. This ain't new. Charles Darwin invented the game. They had crowds at the slaughterhouse chanting his name and some ayahuasca hottie saying chain me up wayne so okay so he's talking about wayne's uh problems in the past with allegations against him uh from ladies in dxc as you know the animal liberation Con uh, conference now disallows any public displays of affection whatsoever at their conferences because they want to curb any kind of um miss misdeeds um Here's Here's how I really feel about this. If you want to be a leader in the movement, you can't also use that as your dating pool. Yeah, but he did. Yeah. And so that's sketchy. And I think that's worthy of criticism. Um, and so, but also this video that you're showing me is so mean spirited. And there's it like, is. why did he, why did he talk about the Taiwanese thing? That feels a little like racist. Oh, because you want to compare him to Bukra, who is, because uh, he made, he made a, who is Buka? Um, was used as my slaves. Uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. And I don't is know DXC pulling in millions in donations? Um, 
they has when you count like the properties and stuff probably like there's a house he lives in and stuff like that that have been donated so wow. maybe okay. yeah i mean millions isn't much when you talk about this movement stuff i mean yeah. how many millions i mean you can have five million dollars it count as millions but it's a lot of money when it comes to you know legal defenses and housing yeah. and all the other stuff that they have so yeah i mean i think last year i think last year PETA had 70 million dollars donated yeah so it's a it's a lot of money and and it's oftentimes little grandmas giving three dollars when they can and little envelopes and sometimes it's people dying and leaving a house to the comp the organization that they you know end of life giving there's a yeah. lot of end of life giving but um anyway uh, it's not rare for people like DXE to get a bunch of money. Look at Just Stop Oil. They're incredibly well-funded. and As they should be. And, and you know what? PETA is one thing. DXE is another thing. Mercy for Animals is another thing. There's a lot of different organizations out there that have a fair amount of funding, and I think it's important that they're all working on these issues from different angles, you know, because maybe one of these totally. is going to work one day. And, you know, I like that DXE is creative. That's cool. If DXE was out there doing the same thing as PETA or Mercy for Animals, then I'd be like, well, that's stupid. But they're not. They're doing something different. We need different things. I completely 100% agree with that statement. I I love I I love the ideas of DXC. Sometimes DXC seems a little culty for my liking, and so for me, I'm a little bit. Oh, but you know what? I put a hashtag prosecute this on my Instagram. I I I am in support of DXC. I I support yeah. them. I yeah. I cheerlead Wayne Young. I am a cheerleader for Wayne Young. And good for them for getting out there and and, and yes. inspiring so many people to make these donations, you know? That's great. Yeah. And turning veganese, we are all flawed even as vegans. We can't be idolizing or idealizing except for Paul Watson. Paul Watson, my friend, Paul Watson, for years while he was saving animals and sea shepherds, was feeding, was feeding his crew non-vegan meals. And he for years they were not a a vegan movement or an animal liberation uh they were only about conservation so is paul watson the, the 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 saint that we all think he is of course these organizations have problems and that doesn't mean that we just throw them away like, i'm not saying by the way i also support sea shepherd yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like paul watson also has problems i'm sure if we looked hard enough at donald watson we'd have problems with donald it's watson it's a multi-pronged approach, and I don't think any organization is going to be able to cover all of the aspects of what's necessary to do the work that needs to be done. And so it's important for us, again, to to find moments when we can be allies, moments where we can figure out what we agree on. I think in the vegan movement especially, a lot most organizations have the same goal of total liberation for animals. Even if we disagree about the methods and the communication around that, I think that the, the people who are at the head of these organizations are probably ethical vegans. Yeah, everyone I met from Mercy for Animals is an ethical vegan. Yeah. And you know what? I've got problems with Mercy for Animals and their tactics, but sheepherd isn't conservation business and paul watson got kicked out for activism there you go so yeah we can have reasonable disagreements about uh tactics but at the end of the day we all have the similar similar goals and i don't think we should be kneecapping any of the other you know people who are earnestly working to to do this so when no. i see this person who's coming so hard against wayne i get it but it's like go out and build your own movement man if you feel like you can do it differently 
I actually love Basla CL because he's getting me he getting me and others to think about these issues with another lens and that lens is a harsh one and if we cannot if our heroes cannot stand up to the crucial um kind of hard lens approach then we shouldn't, we shouldn't yeah. you know i think that i think that basa ciel is taking this road that he's going to be one of the most hated vegans of all time like i think most vegans hate him but um I, I kind of love him for for sticking with it. He always comes out and gets gets me thinking about shit, man. Like he's the one who got me thinking about outreach as a game show and how many outreach, uh, how many outreach things like name that trait is uh, is a friggin uh, is like a game show. Hey, you want to be on my game show? And how many how often when people try to get their friends and family on this, they wanted they would never do it. But going out in the street and asking someone to say, hey, name that trait with me is like a game show. And that's not activism. It's like, whoa, goddamn. Uh, maybe that isn't what I the disagree. I think I think a lot of those videos are not meant for the people on the street. They're meant to be put online afterwards and yeah, help to be exactly. shared. And so it is activism in that sense, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think about that the same way as you do. I think that I disagree with Basla CL about a lot of shit, by the way. I'm not saying that I agree with him. even. A, I'm not even saying I agree with him even a little. I'm saying that he makes me think about shit in a different way. And yeah. that I appreciate because I appreciate critical thinking. I want to be a critical thinker. I don't want to be someone who's just following orders like a zombie, like a carny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, here we go. A little bit more. This is not a war on drugs. This is a war on murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a teenage redhead pretending to be dead in the dairy case for that vegan street cred. Her lipstick like Priya, a few shades too red. That don't mean she won't testify to the Fed. <laughs> Rachel C used to work at Chipotle. Now you can see her nude on TV. Blood soaked boobs at the Bernie Sanders rally. It's only half as clueless as Cassie and Zoe. And all they know how to do is and lie, they'll snitch on you to you know better than the last guy. You know better than the last guy. So he's accusing, of course, lots of people have been accused by DXE that they got ousted from the organization and then turned state's evidence or also called the cops on DXE or reported them. So it feels like he's he's dabbling in sexism here. And, and it always pisses me off when someone says that, like, oh, they're only doing activism for vegan street cred. It's like, get out of here. Shut up with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't I don't agree with that at all. But um, oh, it's rough, dude. I don't know. Here and I don't like the oh, fact yeah. that these. Yeah. That these women here have, have, have turned, you know, against, you know, and if you're going to come snitch against the movement. Yeah, that sucks. But also, like. Who is this for? Do you think that the people who already understand that these women uh, snitch in the movement are going to feel any differently after watching this? And do you think that anybody who isn't already familiar with the with the drama is going to be changed at all by this? Because he's not educating, really. He's just like kind of talking shit about something that if you already know about, you already have opinions about. Um, I don't know about that because I think most people don't know about it and he doesn't normally, he does these stupid music videos from time to time, but he'll do things where he's just talking to the camera and it's, uh, I watch it on two speed cause it's like too slow, but he's, he's definitely one of those guys that is like talking about books and philosophy. Um, uh, so if you want a more nuanced kind of investigative shit, he's got plenty of content for you where he is being kind of not respectful. Like he's still mean, 
but he's not like this is clearly made to shock people and be like wtf is he talking about well, but i feel like what he's trying to do is provoke a reaction from these specific people you know what i mean mm. he wants like because it's so esoteric it's it's just meant for a very few people to look at this and watch this because like if like most vegans even would watch that and be like who's zoe what the hell is he talking about well that's interesting because he's he is coming at it like i know about it but i know so many vegans who have no idea what anything is what they know nothing about the whole situation zero i've been like i mean see, like i don't know i've had i've had people criticize yeah. me because i'm just like saying maybe not worship uh wayne song for going to jail maybe he shouldn't be in jail i don't think he should be going to prison i don't think he should be trying to go to prison um yeah bad attention better than no attention says antonio diaz yeah maybe is this a thanksgiving eve special yeah it's a thanksgiving eve special <laughs> um, this is a uh hey we don't feel like stopping so we're gonna continue special yeah. Just because I wanted to talk about something controversial, because I think I'll tell you why I definitely appreciate this a little bit, because in our movement, like in, in hip hop, they're making references that you wouldn't get unless you open up the genius app and start lurking at what their what their references are. This so because because I do a show every day, I know I caught all of his references. Right. I know I know who he's talking about. And then I showed Karina and I was like, what do you think about this? And she's like, and so she she had a negative reaction to it too. But I'm like, okay, well, this is who these people are. And and then my defense. By the way, let me defend Wayne just for a second. Um, to think that Wayne is normal guy when it comes to his sexuality and stuff. Why would you think that? Like he's super turned. He's super turned up. Like he went to Northwestern, where I think like it's a private school, and he was a nerd and like. Of course, he's a little weird around the ladies. I don't think that that makes him a predator. I don't think Wayne Seung is a predator. I think that his followers are a little culty. And I don't think that he, I think he's like a reluctant cult leader, like doesn't want to do it. But kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's like, I don't know, like I said before, like if you're a reluctant cult leader, don't date your cult members. You know? Yeah, he should never have done that. But to think that, oh, all of a sudden I'm getting attention from ladies and before I was the nerd. Yeah. Who, what do most guys have the fortitude to be like, nope, you know what? This is this is certainly, this is just unethical. We've crossed a line here. I think most yeah. guys going to just be like, wow, girls didn't like me before. Now they do. Yeah. And, and it's, a, but it's, it's. Man, it's important though that we are aware of the positions that we have and and yes. people in positions of power in these movements. It's we need to hold a hard line on that. But Jess, that only happens if we're able to scrutinize the people that were that were lauding as heroes. Because oh, yeah. what should have happened? Here's what should have happened. Hey, I'm Wayne Young, and I'm really smart, and I have these really great ideas, and I articulate them incredibly. Girls like me. I can't wait to bang them. And then all of his followers should have said, "Hold on, Wayne." Wayne, not that. That's what that's what should have happened. All of his followers should be like, Wayne, no, don't. But instead they said, oh, she's so lucky to have his attention. That's how Nexium started. That's how Nexium got out of hand. It started out as a self-help group that the dude got a little bit too much power and started abusing women. Because the people around him were like, oh, yeah, the guru, he knows what he's doing. And what they call him? Vanguard. Yeah, well, it goes back to the old "don't shit where you eat." You know, keep those <laughs> you things. You learned that lesson, though. You I learned that. Learn. Lesson. You have to. You, well, 
people have yeah. to learn that lesson. Yeah, and also I think as society progresses, that's something we need to teach our children in like elementary school. You know, both so they don't get abused by these charismatic leaders and yes. so they don't become the charismatic leaders who abuse others in the future. I and couldn't so agree with you more. Yes. We're, we're in the, you know, we grew up in the 80s and 90s, Sky, and I don't know about you, but I had some adults in my life at that time who were doing some super sketchy stuff. Yeah. And it was only as I became an adult that I realized how sketchy that stuff was. And I, I think that it's a, it's something that is important that we need to teach our children. And, and we're teaching them better now than, than you and I were taught about stuff like that. Uh, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that you need to surround your, yourself with people who are going to question you and, and be up to be, to be questioned. I've been questioned since I started this YouTube channel. Holy shit. I get scrutinized every goddamn day. People unsubscribe and subscribe and talk shit and made videos about me and like, and you know what? I, I you have to take it and be like, well, and, and you know what the, the most painful thing about that is when you go like, wait, am I? Like when Roger was saying all that shit about me, it's like, wait, am I? Have I said something? Have I done? You were there that day when I found out and it crushed me. It was awful. And you thought yeah. about it a lot and you took it to heart and you you really you didn't just brush him off because he's a person who you very much respect. But also, you know, I saw you come to the conclusion that like, actually, no, I'm not doing that. And this guy's just too sensitive about this particular issue. And whatever, if he feels that way, uh, you know, F.O. I'm, I'm done. Well, with the, it, you know? yeah. Well, the big thing for me was that I wasn't the only one that he's said stuff about. So that helped out a lot, too. All right. We're almost done. Hold on. Let's keep going. We're almost done. More of this cosplay uh, B-roll that he's got in here. Dad did too much to live and too much to turn back. Lay bleeding. Wonder why I had to end like that. Some bled to death. It's fucked up. He was a good nigga. Was a good nigga. Well, Keep going, college. Okay, here we go. And she never did like me, so <laughs> I never even mustered the courage to ask her on a date. But I liked her, and I wanted to impress her so much. But it stuck. And so I was going to work almost every day at Northwestern, going to the top floor of the garage, and you know, hanging my legs over the top, just staring down, and thinking about throwing myself off the building, just killing myself. Like that, you know? I had no friends. I've never even gone on a date. But I feel like I want to do more. And I want to do more like hands-on. He says he did this to impress girls. Do you think it worked? Why did John Lennon and Paul McCartney start playing guitar? Mm, uh, I don't know. I know but, why uh, I started playing guitar in eighth grade because I was like, hey, you know, I can pick up a guitar and impress the ladies a little bit. I think that that's a very common thing for men to be like, I'm going to do this because girls like this. But that doesn't mean that once you start doing the thing that you don't also like appreciate it in a much bigger and different way. Because I still don't I still play music, but it's not to like impress women. It's because it's like a thing that is is in my heart part of my, my life. Soul, yeah, part of my life. And maybe Wayne started that way. And you know what? Honestly, I think that's a legitimate way to get into something to be like okay this person who i like is this way maybe i'm going to be this way so i can gain yeah. the favor of this person who i like and okay but then but the question is what about this what about this interaction years later that we're watching right now like okay, let's let's see this what well, so far he's just talking to her whatever it takes yeah like what like changing yourself to things and yeah absolutely yeah yes. we've done some of these videos before outside of slaughterhouses and we're gonna do more and you can get arrested I mean, I'm down for you can't get arrested. Take me to jail. Seriously, I'm down. Take me. I'm serious. Take me. No, literally, take me. I don't care. As long as like I can help you, you know. I have no friends. Okay, let's pause. Yep. 
Because that was a totally innocuous conversation. Just that woman happened to be wearing Ooh, a tight shirt. Was it an innocuous? Like, that what conversation was, okay, reminds me of Nexium hardcore. What, what do you see in that conversation that was him being sexually manipulative? Not sexually manipulative, but <sighs> he's the leader of a of a civil disobedience rights movement, and he's saying that yeah, you might get arrested, you might go to jail, and he's just being honest about that. Yeah, I can see your passion. I can see you would you would get arrested for this, and I can see that in you. And but, 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 but like this whole like. I would say that to a man. If the man was telling me that and showing passion, I'd be like, I can see your passion. I can see you're committed. You know, let me just say, I think it's a little creepy knowing what I know about Wayne Sung today. And that's like, it's kind of like Keith Raniere getting like people coming up to him and like, how do I, well, you just got to take out those negative blocks that you have. And, you know, you just got to get through them. And, and people are crying while he's talking and, and like really well, like engaged and just like, yeah. How would you have handled that situation? If, if this woman was asking you similar questions? I know exactly how it, cause I've, I've gotten these questions. <laughs> so I'd say, look, there's lots of different forms of activism you can do. Please. There's lots of ways to get involved. There's, uh, plenty of plenty of information out there here's a qr code you can scan to get involved put your name on this list and i'll have people reach out to you um if you want to get involved in the next action that's what that's that's how i would handle it i wouldn't be like yeah you can get arrested yeah and 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 i can see your passion and i i wouldn't i wouldn't feed into that whatsoever because i'm not interested in in those conversations wow you you want to be got in activism great let me get you signed up put your name right here Someone from my organization is going to reach out to you. If you're not into our form of activism, no problem. Uh, we the free uh, um, AV, super yeah. light forms of activism. You can get in anonymously, and there's and they will they will hook you up. There's a Facebook group for you. Here's a QR code to scan. That's how I would do it. But what if afterwards somebody edited together that that exchange and they they made it just seem like you were getting this girl's number? Like, oh, just put your name on this list and we'll get back. Yeah. It's like, oh, Sky's getting a girl's number. You know, it's like I feel like that's what's happening with Wayne to a certain extent, and and not talking about everything that he's done but in this particular little clip of him just talking to that woman i personally didn't see anything that seemed like it was over any sort of line and no. i'm very sensitive to that no i'm yeah i'm a little oversensitive to that so i'm taking everyone should take what i say with a little grain of salt because like i do i do think that it it comes off a little bit like yeah totally uh-huh yeah i could see that in your eyes i could see how passionate you are that type of language is a little weird to talk about with people who are i've never said something like that to anybody on the road i just did a road tour with young women coming up to me every single day and i never had a conversation like that yeah every single one came down to hey you could subscribe to my youtube notes joking i i'd be like hey <laughs> you could uh put your name right here and Peter will reach out to you or you can here's a here's a piece of paper there's four qr codes on there on how to get involved yeah and I think that's probably why PETA does it that way because they don't want you becoming some kind of creepo that's stopping oh, no. people. I never no. took anyone's personal information or anything like that. Never. No. So like sometimes they wrote it down on a clipboard and we and we and I typed it in at the end of the night and sent it to the my to my my superior officers. But like um I'm not I'm just not no, of course. no way. Yeah. Mm -mm. As we shouldn't be. Um okay. Let's let's finish this video of Wayne. Yeah, it's damp. And now it's really close to this. Okay, so we are already at the I, I froze this frame because we need to 
wait a minute, you completed a PhD and became a professor and you attended or led organized led slash organized a long series of activist events, but you didn't have any friends and you never been on a date? Was Priya yeah. your first girlfriend? Yeah, you think you think you do a PhD and like that's a great place to meet friends and dating partners? Not necessarily. Some people just go to class, keep their heads down, and do the work. Uh, and the same with uh, leading and organizing events. I've led and organized events too. And you know, there's a lot of people who come there, and I'm not friends. You've been with on all dates. Them. I've been on dates, but you know, I'm not. Uh, listen, I've got everybody's different. You know, it, it, Wayne, you're right. He does seem like he might be socially awkward. And yeah. maybe he wasn't on dates because of that, but that's not, that's no condemnation of him as a person, you know, no. just, just because he's not good at dating. Maybe he's, maybe he's on the autistic spectrum and it's not well, easy. That's why, I mean, I said, uh, yeah, over and over again, I defend, I don't think that Wayne's a sec. I don't think he's a, I don't think Wayne is a predator. I'll put it that like, I don't think that I think that it's kind of bullshit to put, to paint him as one. I do think again, Shit starts looking a little culty around this motherfucker, and it gives me pause. That's that's like my my main thing. I don't think he's a predator. I think that people try to make him one. <laughs> All right, a little bit more. I've never even gone on a date. I have nothing in my life like this. I, you know, it's just so socially awkward. Stilted from. Okay. Wayne's story keeps changing. His original story was that he hated being a corporate lawyer and surveyed his choices, poverty, education, racism, ecology, etc., and then decided that he could make the biggest impact via animal rights. This is the story I've heard, okay? His later story was the anecdote about the futility of handing out pamphlets and free cookies and then having an epiphany that the answer was social science research. I've heard that. But now he says it was a suicidal, self-destructive urge to embrace direct action. Well, that's the thing. We don't ever make a choice based on only one thing that happens. Sometimes it's a it's a bunch of different stuff that happens. So him saying that he was motivated by different things for me, I was motivated by ten different things to become vegan and and different conversations. I've said, yeah, that was the thing or that was the thing. But but what it's just being maybe inelegant or inaccurate with language. But it's never just one thing. Yeah, fair enough. You're right. Is this about veganism, Antonio Diaz? Well, this is a sh channel for vegans. I think this is about veganism. This is about the movement and, and people in it. I think it, I think this is uh, absolutely about veganism because we try to bring a it lot back. of. Yeah, well, and also, is Wayne Sung an incredibly important voice in the vegan movement? I would say yes. Um, a lot of people will say no, but I think if we're not, we wouldn't I, be talking about, about him. Wayne Sung. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he's doing. Yeah, I like current events. Vegan current events. Vegan current events. He's doing interesting stuff. He is helping to move the needle, and um, you know what? That's what we need. Yeah, I think he's one of the most interesting figures in the movement. Here we go. At that point, twenty-five years of, of a lot of isolation. All right, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a. Uh, I personally, I watched that video. It doesn't make me like the person who created the video. And I, no, I everyone wouldn't. Hates, everyone hates the Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go him. and seek out more of their content after watching that necessarily. But I, you know, because it seems like 
exactly. Like, what are you doing? What are you adding? It seems like you're just out here shit talking and criticizing other people. What did you build, Baz the CL? You know, you've got some followers on YouTube, but what are you building? Where's your movement? Where's your donations? Where's you putting your life on the line to help move something forward? And we might not agree with what Wayne's doing, but at the end of the day, he's sitting in prison right now. And yeah. because of because of he and he he has the same goals that we do. So, you know, I, I Listen, are there legitimate things that we can criticize Wayne about? Yeah, for sure. Kill your heroes. But but is it worth making a whole ass video about this person to try to tear him down? Maybe if you think that DXE is taking too much attention and resources away from things that could actually be helping the movement, then that's legitimate. But well, a lot of people feel that way about DXE. A lot of yeah. people like I, I tend to say that my 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 thing is like I, I support DXE. I think they're great. I think sometimes they feel a little culty and it scares me. But I think that what they're doing is uh, one of the most interesting things that have that have happened in the movement. Um, yeah. But like a lot of people are saying, well, it's a it's a welfareist it's a welfareist branch of the movement. They are you know trying to enforce laws about welfare. That's what they're ostensibly yeah. doing. It's trying to point out that that we're not following the that farmers aren't following the meager laws that exist for the welfare of these animals right that's that's what the, that's what these court cases are about yeah so sky yeah. did we have a vegan affirmation today we do would you like to hear it i would i love vegan affirmations <laughs> okay good <laughs> thank you for reacting to the video with me yeah it was fun <laughs> Let me see if I can find my vegan affirmation today. Okay, so I have this one that I made. Um, are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right, let me remove this, and we're going to do this. Little little Jess, there That's he is. Now you could react, react to my affirmation. This is a vegan affirmation. If you're not vegan, what are you doing here? Life is change, and I embrace it with every breath. Change is inevitable, but it also is an opportunity for growth and transformation. I am not afraid of change. I am excited by it. I know that every change I make brings me closer to my goals and dreams. With every change I make, I become a stronger and more resilient person. I learn from my mistakes and move forward with a newfound sense of purpose. I am constantly evolving and growing, and I am grateful for the opportunities that change brings them to my life. I am a vegan change maker, and I am committed to making a positive impact to the world. I believe that every choice we make has a ripple effect, and I want to use my choices to create a more compassionate and sustainable world. I'm in love with life and I'm excited to see what the future holds. I know that there will be more challenges and changes along the way, but I am confident that I can overcome them. I am empowered by my choices and I am ready to embrace whatever life throws my way. I am a vegan and I'm proud of it. I am yes. making a difference in the world and I am living a life that is full of love, compassion, and joy. I am grateful for every moment and I'm excited to see what the future holds. I love it. Good one, Sky. It's a little bit longer than most, but I thought it was pretty good. That's what she said. Just going to play some music. I am. And it's not me. It's going to be Sweet Goose, friend of the show, Chris. I'm going to play a little bit of his music. Do you want to listen to this with me for a minute, Sky? Or are you going to? Of course. Uh, okay, cool. So I'm going to do present. I actually have it ready here, and I sort of know what I'm doing now. So I'm going to share my screen. Share screen. And where are we going to go? I'm going to go to Sweet Goose here. Okay, so this is a new song that he hasn't recorded officially yet, but this is just a little bit of it. And it's so beautiful. It's been stuck in my head. And I want this song to be uh, an inspiration. And let's listen to these lyrics, and then we're going to talk about it for a minute here. 
Let us look into the future When you and I will be gone And all that remains are these gifts we exchange Left to bleach in the afternoon sun In that old house that we used to live in In that small town that we used to know Will one day become a lost civilization Where all the new gardens will grow And then maybe one day they will find us And excavate all of our sins See all the cages we built for ourselves And for all of the sentient so this is a song about people in the future dig like archaeology the world that we have now and find all the cages finding the cages and finding all the useless objects that we gave to each other that sort of ruined our planet um, I'm going to stop sharing now because it just doesn't go on. But I think it's such a beautiful idea, like yeah. thinking about how the future is going to view us. And the fact that they have to dig us up in an archaeological sense and find the cages that we built for these animals and that they would see that as as something to be. It's just a beautiful idea. Um, so if you all don't listen to Sweet Goose, go and find Sweet Goose. He he has a beautiful animal rights album called Isla, and it, it touches my heart in such a way that I, I feel like I just want to be his manager. I want to just go and tell everybody to listen to him all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, he's great. You can be his, his, his American representative. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, he, <laughs> I once I once read a book about like how archaeologists find uh, find us after we're all gone. And it's like, oh, my gosh, grumpy. Grumpy, thank you for the two pounds. Appreciate you, Grumpy. I'll have a coffee. I have some carny tears on you. Um, thank you so much for that. Uh, you know that that the, the idea was that like all the signs that we make for businesses along the interstate that they that there there were churches and, and we made these signs to get closer to heaven <laughs> because they have to piece together why the hell we would have all these signs posted yeah. up like the the shell sign and the and the the mcdonald's sign and all these signs on the interstate i thought that was uh pretty funny sweet goose is a friend of mine says grumpy vegan granddad he's great right i love him y'all um, have a cool vibe over there you've got scott milligan grumpy uh chris there's a lot of really great vegan people over there in the uk i just named three men i'm sure there's a lot of women too um that are also doing great work out there earthling ed uh george martin Wait, are there any women doing it? I think her name is uh, L. Fleming. Oh, yeah. is Vegan Gaze. Mm -hmm. Vegan Gaze is amazing. She's uh, she's a hero. She's one of my favorites to watch live. Uh, longest stream ever on this channel? No. We did a 12-hour one on Christmas. Or 10 hours on Christmas. I forget how long it was. Something like 10 or 12 hours. So yeah. we've gone long before. God damn, I've done like really long streams. Do you want to know what I've been working on? Yeah. Oh, the ukulele. Yeah, I've been working on this. Uh, I learned a song. Do you want to hear it? I would love to. Can you hear it? Yeah. You can hear the music. I'm sorry, I, I can't tell with the music. With the it's with a the little mic. little quiet, but it's okay. 
There it is. Beautiful stars. Why are they shining for me? Beautiful stars. With so much I can't see. Is this something wonderful and new or another dream that won't come true? That's, That's the whole song. That's really great. <laughs> city of stars. I said beautiful stars. I don't know why. I don't like the city of stars, but um, I, it's yeah. funny. I, we were watching something. Someone said La La Land, and I was like, oh, that song was so fun. It was so short. I, that could be the first song I learned on ukulele. So that, that was, was nice. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hate to uh, I hate to end the longest stream that's ever happened on this channel. Uh, I know that's not true, but I gotta I gotta use the uh, restroom. I drank coffee two hours ago, and it's uh, it's ready. You've been drinking coffee. Well, uh, Grumpy Vegan Granddad bought me a coffee. I think that's pretty cool. That uh, pretty cool. Thank you for watching the controversial thing with me. I know I know how you shirt how you hate controversy. So hey, that's yeah. I don't hate controversy. Now tomorrow we're going to be doing a Thanksgiving episode. Uh, you're going to be on here with us, Guy, and Fanny's going to join us. And something that we would like to talk about is what it's like being a vegan couple. And we'd like to sort of tell our vegan couple story because that's something that we're very thankful for. So uh, I think that that fits in with the whole theme of the episode. And uh, if, if that's all right with uh, with with you, we'd like to do that tomorrow. I love that idea. Yeah. And um, I'll come on later. Yeah. So Fanny and I will start the show tomorrow. My wife and I are going to be talking about what it means to be a vegan couple and, and our story. And uh, we're, we're going to have a great Thanksgiving episode. So I hope you all can come join us. And uh, it's going to be a thanks living, Friendsgiving. By the way, we're, we're an anti-colonialist and we don't support at all the idea of, um, you know, everything negative about Thanksgiving we don't support, but we do like getting together with our friends and eating good vegan food and being grateful for things. So that's what it means for us. I like that very much. All right. Well, I'll play the music. We'll get out of here. What do you say? And you can do that. You can do awesome. the final outro. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bye guys. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Who is this channel for? This is a shot of all Wait, for, for flexitarians? For pescatarians? I'm confused. Oh, vegan. This is a Veganeers, thank y'all for joining us. This was a long one, and uh, I had a great time. Monica, Sky, we had uh, some interesting conversations. We reacted to a video. I am grateful for all of you out there. Now, remember, you are empowered. You have the power to get out there and change the world. But also, remember to take care of yourself, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to have the fuel in your tank to drive you through your day to be a wonderful vegan activist. Remember, you got VFFs out there. If you're ever feeling lonely or you like you need to talk, just reach out. We are here to help be your support system as we 
uh, help to create a more vegan world. So I want to say thank you all so much sincerely. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow on the pre-shift. See you, everybody.